Welcome to another episode of the Frankie Lee Podcast. Our mission, to empower others to break patterns, flip perspectives, so that together we have clarity, direction, and success way beyond what we ever previously thought possible. Here's your host, Frankie Lee. Yes, yes, yes. And we are back with the Frankie Lee Podcast today. And we're at a new location. So if you want to see the new location, hop onto YouTube, see the new location. And we are joined by by two two epic guests today we've got two not one two we have pom pom daisy and any ellie gonzalez right <laughs> and she's an actress she's a model an entrepreneur she's been in some she's been in some epic films with the rock she's done it all welcome to the show what an intro thank was, you how was that Love was that? that. you got the you nailed the name did i actually nail the name you nailed the name do you know what the whole that whole intro is the hardest intro i've ever done because i'm just constantly thinking about pronounce this name right <laughs> otherwise you are literally <laughs> under a bus it's in the first minute do you know how stressful that is no i know yeah like, a lot of people get it wrong sometimes so we have to refilm it really yeah they say gone slaves like God. Yeah, not, i mean like literally everything under the sun other than gonzalez yeah, Gonzalez. Gonzalez. Yeah, that's good. See, that's Nailed it. it. Eli Gonzalez. It's a hard yeah, last name. But I just kind of feel like when you do that that name, you have to do that little bit of a Spanish sidestep with it. Yeah, Otherwise, you, do. you Always. can't. You can't. You can't. Or do really, one of these, like Arriba. Gonzalez. You know what I mean? Yeah, and a little bit of a twisty. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, the yeah, twisty yeah. hair. Yeah, yeah. You got to do it. You got to do it. You know that. You know the emoji that you you, you have on the phone. Yeah, the with, Spanish with, with the Spanish, the Spanish woman yeah, with, emoji. Yeah, with the, with the red dress. Yeah, and like the red hair, and then a the little bit of a. Whoosh, yeah, yeah, that's, that's what, what it need. is. But I just, I, the reason that, look, honestly, this is going to be an epic podcast because I think your story and I just, I just think there's so much of your story that people have missed out on. Like mm. they've seen the the rise and, and they've seen everything you've done, but they don't really understand what's gone into the back end. I think the best place for us to kind of start is to, is to say, look, um, back when you, obviously when you were leaving school, did you think to yourself, okay, I'm leaving school. I want to be a model. You know what? It's really funny because my parents put me into everything at school and it was like I was an athlete, I was a singer, I was an actress, I did everything. Like they just wanted me to find out what my passions were in life and what I wanted to do and it was definitely going to be in the entertainment space for sure. And I always saw modelling as a real catalyst to become an actress and to get into that entertain the entertainment industry. Um, so really... It all was just born when my parents put me into a child modelling school and, you know, I loved loved being able to go to photo shoots and be creative and work with really great people, which I did. Um, and then I really I, – I grew out of that child modelling agency. So then I went to uh, all of the other agencies around Brisbane at the time when I was living in Brisbane. And, um, yeah, I mean, I was turned down by every single agency – because I was too much of something or too little of something else. When you, when you say too much of something, what, what are you too much of? Oh, I, my boobs were too big or I was too short. I, I'm 5'7", you know. But back then, this is going back like almost 12 years ago when I was 18. I'm almost I'm turning 30 in February. Like this is a long, a long career a long, in long, the making. Long career, you know? yeah, yeah. But this is going back 12 years where we don't have the diversity that we have right now. And I feel like I was someone who kind of made that movement happen for a lot of, you know, a lot of people eventually. But um, 
I do Cause, feel... Cause we're talking pre-Instagram, pre... Pre-social everything. Pre-social everything. There was... Yeah. You literally had an email address and you had to get past the gatekeepers of businesses at the time of these companies to talk to the person that you needed to talk to to get to where you wanted to be. That's so mental, when it? I got turned down by all of these people, like my partner Ross and I, who I'm, I've now been with for almost 12 years... Um, Big he, shout out, Ross. Yeah, hey, Roscoe, if you're listening. Um, but he, he's he been a, a really an amazing business person and someone who's really mentored me in my in a lot of my business decisions and a lot of my aspects of my life. And um, he said, you know, why don't you just do this yourself? And he really just helped manage me over the years. He was that middle person that, you know, you kind of need um, throughout a career in the beginning when you, it's just you. So he was, he was the middleman when he needed to be and he was working so hard with his, his own career and his, his life at the time. So it was, it was kind of a lot. But, um, but yeah, like he really helped me. He just me. wanted to see you succeed. He really did, yeah. He was, he was my number one supporter from day one. I think, I think this, is a, this is a perfect time before we, before we go on that journey is to kind of like how did you two actually meet? Because I think I think I think this is a story that needs to be told. We went to the same school, and uh, we never met each other because he's five years older than me, so that would have been a bit weird. Um, but he came back, so he left school, I think, in grade ten. Yeah, yeah. And he went on to create multiple businesses. He was so successful, and um, he came back and did a seminar for my business class, and. I was sitting there, I was like 15 years old, grade 10, this guy walks in, he's successful, he's super handsome, just really charismatic and I was like, oh my God, this guy's hot as. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, I was sitting you there, animal. I did not even listen to the thing he was saying, I just so was like he, he staring did, into his eyes the whole time. Well, you didn't, you didn't even listen to his speech? Well, kind of. I mean, like, I was just thinking about how good looking he was and how smart he was <laughs> and just, how sweet Johnny was, it was just, honestly. Yeah. Um, so I went down and spoke to him and as I'm walking down, cause he's like anyone who wants to come and talk about their career out of, out of school and all of these things come to come and talk to me. So I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to go and talk to him for sure. hundred yeah. percent. And then I walked down and you I'm took like, your Nokia 3310 with you. Yeah. Oh my God. I literally, <laughs> I don't think I even had a mobile phone then to yeah, be honest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my parents didn't let me out of the house, let alone give me a phone to talk to people yeah, no, on. No wonder. Yeah. No wonder you're just there and chatting up entrepreneurs. <laughs> like seriously. <laughs> But honestly, I, I went down there and I was just like, holy shit, what am I going to say to him? I've got no idea what I want to do when I leave school. So this is grade 10. Anyway, I just made up this bullshit story about like wanting to own my own fashion business when I left school. And I was like, how can you help me with that? Like, how can I do that? You know, what what can I do to have a successful career in the fitness, in the fashion industry and blah, blah, blah. And he's sitting there talking to me and all I'm doing is just like, this is just music playing in the background and I'm just staring at his face. It's like in those movies that you see. <laughs> and the girl's just like staring off into their eyes. That was me. And he ended up giving me his number and his email address because he was going to forward me on some people who'd been really successful yeah, in, the yeah, yeah. in the fashion industry. So two weeks later, I got an email from him and by that time I'd started seeing somebody else so I actually never responded wow I never you, emailed him back hold on a minute hold on a minute slow down slow down slow down I know, I know. you're telling me in t- you went from being in love to two weeks you dated some other guy yeah you're well crazy. I mean like it was you, you know, I know you're, you're young I know you're young but you're a fast mover you are yeah yeah so yeah. I mean I was 15 and he was my the guy I was seeing at the time he was also 21 so he was older um, and then I was 
I like I just saw him out two years later just before I turned 18 and he goes he's like I know you don't I and I was like yeah yeah you do yeah yeah like as soon as I saw him I was like oh my god it's the guy (laughs) because we had like kind of mutual friends and he just started coming out like to um like nightclubs and stuff and he'd been so busy working for like most of his 20s that he was kind of like yeah, in yeah, the moment where it's like starter. ready to yeah, yeah, yeah it was a late starter so he he started coming out and um we just started talking and we just became really really close friends and I just fell in love with him like I just fell in love with him so quickly and I was like this guy is the one and I'm like what am I doing with this other guy like he was lovely and everything but he just wasn't my person yeah, yeah, you know yeah, yeah. you know when you just know who your person is and who you who you're supposed to be with Ross was that person for me. Yeah. So I just, I had to make a decision. Ross kind of like, was like, hey, you know, the perfect guy isn't going to wait around for you forever, by the way. How, how old were you at this point then? <laughs> just uh, 17. Oh, Jesus. So I, I, just before I turned 18, actually. Wow. wow. So I split up with my partner then. I never did anything untoward. Like I never, you know, did anything inappropriate or anything. It was all very... Above board. Above yeah. board. I'm like that as a person. Um. So, yeah, we, we just – we started dating each other. We became best. Like, I just – oh, so in love with him. Like, just, <laughs> I never thought I would ever be with somebody who I could just be so in love with. And I ended up moving in with him. Well, when you when you were 18? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd, we just moved in together and, and we've been together ever since. And he really has been the most amazing, supportive, generous person – that I've ever met and I'm just so lucky that we got together when we actually did because I feel like if we ever got to I mean not that he would go near an, a 16 year old or anything but no 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 for sure no, no and he I, I spoke to him about this and, and um, I'm going to speak to speak to him on another podcast anyway but I spoke to him about this in the gym and he I, I don't think he even had any idea about the kind of thought process that was no. going on in your mind he at had the no time. idea so like cause he, there was I, nil interest on his behalf when I was yeah, that yeah, age yeah 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 for sure he he was just trying to he was just someone who was trying to help you achieve more more and, and to try and inspire you to go and do more absolutely and it kind of led on to something else like it was kind of it's kind of nice how it all ended up for you because you know you've been was, together for 12 years now yeah it's it was 12 years in February you, yeah and do you know the most beautiful thing about that is that not many young women of your age have been in a stable loving relationship that is like fulfilled for 12 years especially someone in my industry who has so much um attention from other people and you know it it would be very hard for women in my industry to to have a relationship as strong and as trusting and as uh, he just encourages me so much to be successful in my industry. And I think it's just, I think the reason why it's worked is because like, it's like he's comfortable with knowing that you, you are, you've just got eyes for him. So he'll, he's not one of these jealous types of people that's going to, mm. that's going to cause you dramas over here. Yeah. But, and you, you're obviously very comfortable in the knowledge that you love him too. Yeah. But like, I think this is a real good piece of information you give out, but like, could you give any advice to like women that listen to this podcast who, who may may not know how to like go and find this like guy or not do you know what I mean like it's it's, it's really difficult for women to kind of identify like whether they're going to put roots down with with this man or this man or this oh, man absolutely and I think you've always got to listen to your gut I think that's you know at the end of the day you've got to be with someone and it doesn't need to be somebody that like is just like you you know I think if you've got great communication you've got great trust 
you both lay the lay the ground rules out you know when you first are together and say this is the relationship that I want this is yeah, what this, the future this, this I want for I myself expect, yeah. which is what Ross and I did we both sat down at, when we got together and it's like this is what we expect from one another in yeah. a relationship and yeah. you know if you're comfortable with that and you can live with that then we have a really amazing chance to have a wonderful relationship and I think people sometimes may have these expectations but they never voice them yeah. and I think that I mean, I've previously done it, relationships before that. You know, you have expectations of people and they have no idea what you want. And I think a lot of people even don't really even know what they want in a relationship until they really sit down. It's like, okay, what what's my love language? You know, what do I want to feel? How do I feel safe in a relationship? What do they do to make me feel safe? Like all of these little things are so important to know before you're in a relationship with someone because I think it really determines the person that you are with 100% you put that you put that out there to the universe as well and I've, I was saying on a previous podcast um, and and I say it on Instagram several times that people have to be willing to 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 be alone and sit by themselves and really think about what they want and where they want to go and yeah. what they expect yeah. and get that straight in their head first before they go and put you know start to try and chase all these relationships yeah because I don't I don't honestly believe that um, people are put on this planet to chase like 17,000 different people. No. I just think it's bad. It's bad energy. It wastes, it's such a waste of time, like going all these different directions because yep. you can't, while you're doing that, you can't achieve the, the bigger purpose of why you're actually here. Yeah. <laughs> and I think looking for someone to fulfill you as well is, you know, you should be able to fulfill, like fulfill yourself. You yeah. should be able to be happy in yourself, love yourself or be on that journey and have someone there with you who is also on that journey of loving themselves and, you know, being able to be self-fulfilled. Um, but not having someone who you think is going to make your life. And I yeah, think that that's not, one of the biggest, yeah. the biggest things in finding a really great relationship. Like I knew I wanted to find someone that I could marry. You know, I, I didn't want to go around to all these different people and, figure out like what I want I, I just knew that I wanted to find someone that could make me happy I could make them happy and I could marry them yeah yeah for sure you know? was was you can I just ask you like was you was it was it a real stable relationship with your mom and dad and is that why you wanted that within within this relationship or wasn't it like that so that's why you wanted it I mean I think growing up you, you have a really distorted version of like of life <laughs> of life and people's relationships and especially parents who are trying to protect you um and which I I do believe that my dad did try to do for a very long time um but obviously as you get older you see the cracks and um in in any relationships around you and you find that there's no I mean I've found personally that there's no one way to have a relationship there's no one way that all of these people who are out there who are married or in couples or whatever there is no one way for those people to be yeah 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 you know like ross and i here 12 years later and we're not engaged we're not married we don't have kids but that's just our that's our journey that we've you have a dog together we've got a dog we're dog parents yeah with your dog mom and dad yeah and the and the let me tell you right Daisy is the cutest <laughs> dog you ever see. This is she why is. you have to go look at this on YouTube because you have to see how cute Daisy is. Daisy's just like sat here, chilled as. She's 10 years old, but she looks like a puppy. Yeah, she's the best. 
I think, yeah, like I said earlier, we shot ourselves in the foot having yeah, her yeah. before we decided to ever have children because she's a breeze. And then I think when we have yeah, baby, yeah, yeah. it's going to be like mayhem. And we're like, what do we just sign ourselves up for? Um, but yeah, I think, I mean, I just, I wanted to have, I didn't want to model my relationship off of anything. Uh, Cause I, I kind of knew that what I would have with someone was going to be different to what, you know, my parents had and cause my parents had problems growing up and, you can they can only hide that for so long and all of those things yeah, but yeah. i i think it taught me a lot it taught me a lot of really amazing lessons of what i wanted to be as a partner as a parent and all of these things in it life ga- it gave you the kind of moral compass Definitely. To, to allow you to operate as a woman yeah absolutely yeah what i did what i wanted and what i didn't want for sure so after 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 obviously you got into this stable relationship and everything's going well, you obviously decided to pursue the modeling side of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what what was the first kind of like way that you segued into the industry? Uh, well, because everybody else turned me down, I I just had to figure out a way of making it work in a non-traditional way I guess and it was at that time a lot of trial and error don't get me wrong it was there was no no way means success overnight or anything uh it took a really really long time for for us to actually see any success from what we were doing yeah but we just started reaching out to all of the companies that we wanted to work with and we found that alongside building um my facebook pages this is like when they just is, came yeah, out yeah because obviously you're talking about you're talking about two what, what, what year would those what year 2008 2008 yeah so so i remember getting a facebook account in like 2007 i think or 2009 might have oh no been. sorry it was 2009 yeah, yeah 2009 yeah 2009 i think i got yep. a facebook account yeah and i was i remember even being there i was in i was in cyprus and i met these two south african models and uh, they wanted to keep in contact. And I was like, well, yeah, I want to keep in contact with you. But I just didn't have, you know, I didn't know how to do it. And then, then they told me about this Facebook thing. And I was like, yeah, I'll get Facebook. Like, who wouldn't get Facebook? Yeah, <laughs> do you know what I mean? You're exactly. both hot. Like, yeah. do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I'm getting Facebook right now. <laughs> I didn't even know anything about this stuff. I didn't even have MySpace. I was just like, yeah, yeah. Facebook. And my, yeah, first, like, my first two friends were these two South African chicks who were both models. It was great. Oh, my God, that's awesome. Fantastic, yeah. That's a good way to start Facebook. Yeah, so that's how I started. Um, well, I didn't start as as good as that. I mean, I had MySpace and then I got Facebook, um, but then Facebook business pages came yeah, out yeah, yeah. and I was like, well, that's a great opportunity for me to actually build a fan page. Um, didn't really know what I was doing with, that, with it at the time, but then we started to set goals and um, really were really clear about where we wanted to take my career. So we started this page um, and just started, I started creating content. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah. there was no, it was just like content of that I wanted to, you know, create and all of these things. And a lot of it, yes, was in swimwear at the time. Um, but it helped me build this amazingly solid audience on Facebook. Yeah. And that is what we used. Like, I think when we started reaching out to companies, it was maybe like 20,000 people on there, on that, on those Facebook pages. What the, of the actual companies? No, of mine. Of, of yours, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like we had a yeah. really solid following. Because you, um, hit, you hit it you hit it when organic was like, organic yeah. was flying. Yeah. Like you, if you put a post out when you had 20,000 followers, 19,000 people would see it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It was, a, I, I wish we were back in those days for sure. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, we started reaching out and said, hey, this is, this is my platform that I have that we could, you know, post these 
campaign images to tag the business. Um, it was around when all the businesses started getting Facebook pages and all these kinds of things. So that's how we originally started. And then Twitter came in and then Instagram. And at that time I had this amazing following when Instagram came out, I think maybe had about 500,000 followers on Facebook, really, which then pretty much converted over to Instagram. That's that, um, that's an amazing because like when when you first get an Instagram account to automatically like bring over five hundred thousand to a platform like that is it powerful. Was, it was actually so crazy how quickly my Instagram built and all of the content that I was creating and I was very active with started becoming uh, going on the popular page and then because at that time there was one popular page and yeah, yeah. that was seen by every Instagram person around the world. Yeah. So all of my content was going up on the popular page and it was just, it kept going up and going up and going up. And the numbers, the followers that you would get from that was just unreal. So I built this page, this, this Instagram page up to about almost a million. Yeah. One of the highest followed Australians on Instagram at the time. At the time, yeah. And um, pictures started to become reported from people. Like just really, I think it was just a jealousy thing yeah. at the time. Like girls who were very competitive were reporting my photos. And at that time, Instagram didn't have like an automatic somebody, you know, sitting there going through yeah, what was yeah. being reported. It was just like, oh, if it gets reported, pretty much gets taken down. Yeah. So I had two pictures taken down and my whole account deleted so you so, so you lost your whole first i instagram. lost my whole first instagram account which was a really devastating blow for someone who built a business off of the back of social media exposure as well how ironic is it though that if you had known me then i'd have got that back for you oh, <laughs> I, have, I know well if i had the contacts that i do now it wouldn't have even been an issue but like it was even around like yeah. rihanna maybe like four years later got her account deleted and she still couldn't get it back. Really? So there was like absolutely no infiltrating Instagram at that point. I think, I think because obviously Instagram was, was just two young lads and a back end team of about 12 yeah. that built that company to, yeah. a, to a billion dollar valuation. I guess they just didn't care at that point. So, so I don't, I, there wasn't a lot of people inside Instagram. Mm. And think, they weren't making money off Instagram accounts either. I think even when Instagram got sold to Facebook, I think they only went over with 44 staff. Mm. That's that's a crazy amount of yeah value per person for that business. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So I mean, like that got deleted, and then I basically started a new one, <laughs> and uh, it, it was actually great because a lot of people jumped over onto the new one when yeah, they realised yeah. that it was on there. Um, so I I built it back up to one point two million now. Yeah. But um, which which come on, let's have a round of applause. Thank you. Uh, one point <laughs> one point two million. Like to get one point two million followers on anything is amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much. I hope your 1.2 million followers go and say, do you know what? This is the best podcast in the world. Let's, let, <laughs> let's follow this guy. Let's follow this guy. Let's vote him up. Yeah, yeah let's, let, 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 let's put this guy on the map. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I mean, Instagram isn't even, isn't even my highest followed. Facebook, my Facebook page is, has 3.3 million people on there, Yeah, so you, which so you, is insane to me. So you got, have you, is, that, is that a total of, of 4.5 across all platforms? Yeah. Or have you got, do you have a Twitter account? Oh, Twitter well? and, the, and YouTube as well. But I don't really use YouTube too much. You should, you should. I know, it, I know. It, but it's so much work on top of everything else that I'm doing. Um, I did send send a lot of the footage off from my last trip to Dubai off to one of my friends who edited it all together and yeah. did all of that really tough stuff. Um, 
but I do want to use it more. I do feel like day in the life videos do really yeah, well. And we, we get that requested a lot, especially yeah. since people ask for a lot more Ross on my Instagram. <laughs> yeah, because I think I think people want to want to see what goes in. Mm. Like the beauty of this and the reason why I wanted you on, on is because I don't think people aren't people just people just see, oh yeah, she's doing this, she's doing that, she's she's there. But nobody sees what goes in for the previous 10 years and that's and that's really what i'm trying to show people yeah. along this to show them the journey of okay this this is what you have to be willing to do in order to to go and achieve your and i mean even still now um you know I, I i don't rely on people to create opportunities for me i don't wait for companies to bring a campaign to me i go out and actively make things happen for myself and I feel like at that time, all those years ago, we generated a lot of really great publicity as well. Like I, I became a Maxim cover girl three times. I was the first Australian girl to do that for Maxim. Yeah. And just the the amazing relationships that I've built over these last 12 years have just been incredible. And, I, and I've met some really amazing people, but also very, very dodgy people as well at the same time. This is all before the Me Too movement when, you know, everyone started yeah. having to respect, you know, people they're working with and if anybody touched you they'd have to ask you before they touched you but back in those days if you're on a shoot you could have a photographer come up to you and like adjust your boobs or like do something inappropriate and mm. by all means like that that still probably happens yeah. but um i th- I, I think I, I look after a lot of women online especially in your space and i think it does happen still now a lot more than what people think it does absolutely even with everything that's gone on um but it's it's it obviously it's not acceptable um mm. but it it come it comes down to the fact that you know in that industry it's still deemed as being acceptable obviously because it still happens well I, I don't think it's deemed acceptable i think people are in the position where somebody has power like harvey weinstein for example yeah yeah, yeah. somebody with so much power in an industry um people just kind of turned a blind eye to it because they still want to keep yeah. their jobs yeah, yeah. and i mean I think that's that's definitely, you know, coming to an end in terms of like people enabling that kind of behaviour because they know the repercussions of being involved and, you know, being someone who enables that behaviour, what happens. But um, I think people's moral moral compasses are, are also changing, you know. Like if they say – if you see something going wrong in a day and age like we are in right now, people yeah. generally speak up. Yeah, because it, it, obviously like it's not good for um, – if. If if it's not good for the men either, because like having certain men doing certain things that they shouldn't be doing like that puts puts other other men like that are trying to do do the right thing by people in a bad position as well. Because because everyone thinks, oh, you know, is he is he like that or is he like that? Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Like, you imagine definitely puts as a woman, it puts you on guard for every man. Because you imagine if you're doing a bikini shoot mm. and. This photographer over here is a, a you know one of those guys, and this photographer over here is a nice bloke who just who just he just loves the artistry of taking f- photos. Yeah, but they're in the, the but, you, but because you've had a bad experience, you're you now are, are wary of both. Well, I mean, you definitely vet. I, I'm I was in a really great position where I could vet a lot of the people that I worked with, um, and a lot of the people I work with come on recommendation from other people as well yeah. which is you know something I very strongly believe in I don't really go and work with someone without finding out who they are and what they do yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, what their reputation is like um, but I've definitely been put in positions where it's been very awkward and I've 
I've been a strong enough person to be able to stand up for myself and be like, hey, that's not okay. And I will walk off the set in two seconds if this doesn't get shut down right now. Like I I was born and raised by my father to be someone who is strong enough to be able to stand up for what's right in a situation. But unfortunately for a lot of women out there, they're put in positions where they just go silent or they just can't say no because they feel like something bad is going to happen or, you know, and that's so unfortunate. And I think that's, something that's people are slowly just getting their voices back about in this industry and in other industries as well. It's not just it's not just the modeling or the entertainment industry. There's so many other places where women don't feel comfortable enough to speak up. But what about what about the females in the industry though? Like in terms of like they they in these cases, especially these me too things, there's a lot of women involved as well. Yeah, absolutely. There's, there's a lot enabling of enabling situations or yeah, like, turning a blind eye. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people not, not just that orchestrating as well. Yeah there's, there's, yeah, there's women out there that orchestrate this kind yeah. of stuff. And I'm not somebody who's like who is all against men or anything. Or I'm just I'm a believer in standing up for what's right. You know, yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I, I don't like to categorize people or have prejudgments about people. You know, when when I meet them, I, I like to make my own decisions on on them, but. Um, at the same time, I mean, you as a woman, just growing up in society, you are, and this is so true. And I went and did um, a TV show called Filthy Rich and Homeless for SBS. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it was the most amazing experience that I probably have ever had, um, not just in my in my field of work, but just through my life. Um, we were put on the streets for ten days, yeah. and we were basically left alone for three days and they observed us and it's not like a tv show where we get given water or like we get to talk to the film crew or they help us out or anything like that they literally dropped us and just observed from a distance and did not speak to us and it was just honestly it was like it was like being alone it was the the most horrible experience and i think coming back to women in society you know you can't even walk down a street without being catcalled or whistled at um, but I'm then put in this position of of being a homeless person, someone who's sleeping rough. So, and so what was that? What was that kind of like feeling like when you first get oh, set on the side awful. of the street? It was horrible. Honestly, like people just avoided me completely. Just a, and I was given a bag and a sleeping bag and a spare set of clothes because it was literally forecast to be like raining all week. So like, this on the streets of Sydney. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, where did you sleep? Um, I got sent up to Wollongong for three days um, and I I just tried to be as savvy as I could. Uh, I didn't want to be going in and, I, like, I wanted to really make a go of it, you know. I didn't want to be going in and complaining or because I feel like that that's also really insulting to people who are actually in that situation who do that every day. So I just really wanted to go in with a clear head and be like, okay, like, what would I do if I was in this situation right now? So I went and tried to find somewhere dry to sleep. First, I, on the way, found somewhere, thankfully, to eat that was um, a place called Goodwill Australia, and right, they feed okay. the homeless. Okay. Um, and I was just really honestly lucky because I was walking around asking people, I'm like, do you have any food that you can donate? They were all closing up for the night. It was like 9 o'clock at night. Um, it was raining. So this girl goes, oh, Goodwill Australia's across the road. And I was like, Awesome great so I went across the road and he's like oh we're shut but are you hungry and we'll feed you and I was like oh my god that would be amazing so 
I ended up going in and talking to him and he was like, okay, it's actually really dangerous to sleep around here. So what I'm going to do is I've got a tent that I can give you and a place I can tell you to set it up that's actually really safe. And I was like, oh, this is amazing. So he, this guy gave me his tent and an extra sleeping bag. What, and is this another homeless guy? Or, or, it was uh, the guy who ran Goodwill Australia. Oh, the, really? the place that, that, that he was, yeah, he had like one of those little spots that he fed. Shout out Goodwill people. Australia. Yeah, it's amazing. But um, what, what yeah, kind of, I, I did kind of three days, three days of that there. And um, I just tried to go around and get supplies and I never asked anybody for money just because did, it didn't feel right. Like I'm at the same time I'm doing this for a show, I don't want to take somebody's money. Um, but I said, you know, can I can I do some jobs around your business or is there anything that I can do? Like I'll literally clean a toilet. I don't care. Um, but I just didn't feel comfortable just straight up asking for money. Did some um, people give you some work? No, but like it, honestly there were just some really compassionate people out there who was like, they would give me $20 and supplies from their business. Like a, there was a dentist that I went into and I was like, can I please do whatever, do anything? And she, I thought I was going to get kicked out actually. She walked out to the back of the, um, of the dentist and she was, I could see her talking to other people and I was like, oh my God, she's going to get someone to come out and tell me to leave. And then, um, and then she came up with this like whole big bag of like all these toothbrushes, toothpaste, floss, like everything that you could have asked for and she also gave me $20 and she was just in tears she was like oh my goodness I can't believe like you are in this situation right now my heart goes out to you is there anything that I can do and I was like no it's okay and she was like here's $20 and I, it actually made me quite upset because yeah, 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 yeah. it's it, making me upset yeah, now it was, it was like, actually, seriously that was my first moment yeah. in the in the experience where I was like this is so horrible and so degrading that you know you just have to you either sit on the side of a road and you're left to die or you you have to go out and be like yeah but but that's my privilege asking for help like that is my privilege speaking that's a lot of people in those situations do not have the confidence within themselves like they don't think even if they ask they think they won't be given so a lot of people who are in those situations just don't ask at all so I, i think the the positive of your situation in that situation was the fact that you had a clear clarity of mind but a lot of these people that suffer in situations exactly. like that are consumed by a drug and drug and alcohol addiction which doesn't give you the clarity that allows you to be able to go and operate the way that you did well i mean it's just a lot of traumatic situations who that, that put them in those places of having a drug and alcohol addiction yeah, abusive and, parents you know like a lot of domestic violence situations um just a lot of mental health issues that, that can't be addressed within like a fair, like a lot of young kids out on the street and a lot of people in the LGBTQIA community as well um, who are left out on the streets because they would come out to their families and they'd get kicked really? out on the streets. Yeah, really? That's why I feel really passionate um, about supporting the LGBTQIA community throughout my social media. Like my modelling is just a platform for me. It was always a platform to go off and do better things with my life and and to share a message of things that I truly believe in like being a wildlife warriors ambassador for Australia Zoo um but also speaking about the the LGBTQIA community as well and raising awareness for a lot of people out there um and I had my own personal journey of coming out as bisexual when I was 26 maybe like a year after I lost my dad yeah and I my brother my brother's gay and he came out and it was a really awkward situation in the family where everyone found out before my dad and my dad got upset about 
because being he the last fa- to he, find out because he thought that he was keeping it from him. Yeah, yeah, he was he was the last person to find out, and he felt really disappointed that you know he was the last person to find out. So I always felt really bad that you know I I never had that opportunity to like to come out or what have you or anything like that. But I just thought you know what I'm at the stage of my life where I'm really comfortable with who I am. And this could help a lot of people. So I'm in a position where I can talk about this and I can talk about coming to terms with it and knowing how to deal with it and all of these things. Um, so I'm just a huge advocate for people in the LGBTQIA yeah, community, yeah, 100%. Um, especially working with um, a trans woman who I was buddied up with on the really? Filthy Rich and Homeless show. Yeah. Um, hearing her story and feeling like she was so imagine alone going imagine no... going through that though it's it's that, oh horrifying to, to, to know that you feel that in your heart that you're a woman but you're born a man yeah like that yeah. is that is some painful um processing that you have to do and a lot of family issues on her end as well ended up putting her out on the street she was living under a parking like under a playground in king's cross um and that's why i stayed we, with her and i i got yeah. to i got to hear about her journey and the things that she'd been through and i was like you know what? I really don't speak up for the LGBTQIA community as much as I, as much as I can. So that really inspired me to do something on social and be a lot more vocal about it and talk about a lot of people who are affected and a lot of those people are thrown out onto the street because their families don't accept them. I I um, just did I just didn't even have any um, understanding that that even happened in this day and age until you yeah. just said that. I mean the homeless the the homeless problem we have in Australia um, was. So much worse than what I originally thought it was, and it's just so well hidden here, you know. Well, you say it's well hidden, but even I mean, I live in a a, a decent part of the world, a decent place in the Gold Coast, right? Mm. But uh, but the thing is, you go you go even a hundred, two hundred meters down the road to a certain part of the neighborhood, and you'll find lots of homeless people at night. Yeah, and it was when coronavirus hit the world back in March that I saw all these people just influx into that certain part of the area. Mm. Well, um, a lot of them were actually put into hotels. At oh, that, really? Yeah, at that time, a lot of people were put into hotels who were sleeping rough because of the coronavirus situation. Um, and it, it, it took a lot of people off the street, which was amazing. But what we need is social housing in Australia, a lot more social housing in yeah, Australia. Yeah, yeah. Um, that would fix a lot of the issues and in terms of the mental health aspects of things, there needs to be more... Um, uh, facilities available to them. Yeah, and I think a lot more education around, you know, helping people rehabilitate yeah, from from absolutely. the stretch because it's all right giving them a house, but if they're still addicted to heroin or to, yeah. to ice or to whatever they're, or if there's trauma, to, trauma inside of them that or, they haven't been able to deal with. Yeah, 100%, yeah. I mean, you live you need, with that, you, and yeah. I feel like I can relate to that in some way because of how my dad passed away, and it, yeah. for a lot of people listening who don't know, my dad committed suicide. When I was 25, um, I was actually in America when it happened. Um, I, it wasn't a mental health issue. It was more coming, um, having problems in his life happen and that he felt like that was the only way to, to end his suffering, which is just is heartbreaking to me because I never thought that he was someone capable of doing that. Like my dad was so so masculine yet sensitive and just loving and brave and cruel just the the model of a great dad um so when that happened I was actually at my personal trainer's studio 
who he's a celebrity trainer. He's in Beverly Hills. He has a lot of really high end clients. Yeah, he was with a high. I just finished a session, and he'd just taken another client on. And Ross came to pick me up, and I just got this call. I had seventeen missed calls from my sister at the time, and I was just like, the night before. I actually found out a few things um, that had happened as well, and he told me that. He and my mum were separating. Yeah, which is, um, which is a bit, which is a lot for a man to process. Absolutely, you know? and but but even still, with all of that news, I never thought that it, it would have even come to the decision that he made, which is just so permanent. Um, so, so yeah, I had about seventeen missed calls from my sister. Um, I called her back, and she was just inconsolable. inconsolable. I there, I couldn't even. She the no couldn't words, even fathom what she was trying to say. No words were coming out of her mouth. And I was just like, oh, my God, what has happened? Like, literally thought, oh, my God, someone's dead. It was just that bad. And she was just like, Dad's hung himself. Dad, Dad's... Really? Yeah. So, at that point, uh, there's a couple of spaces where I've asked Ross. I'm like, I don't remember certain things. I think my body just shut down. But... Um, Understandable. Yeah. And I just remember just kind of like dropping to the ground and I'm like laying there I just I, I screamed because Ross came I, I was in like a, a doorway like stairwell thing yeah and he come came running in and he's like what's happened and I was like dad's hung himself and he's standing there like his eyes are like what the fuck are you jo-? like is this a joke you know like he ended up picking me up off the ground and putting me into my trainer's office at the time because it was we were just like what what do you even do you're just what trying do to, you even do you're just trying to process all this because this information just been thrown at you you know what I mean well I just went into shock and then I my mum jumped on the phone because my I was like what's happened you know um and then my she couldn't speak so my mum ended up getting on the phone and my mum someone who I don't have a relationship with anymore um and didn't have the greatest relationship for quite some time before that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As yeah. well. So, yeah, I mean, she she jumped on the phone. She just said, "Dad's dead. You've got to come home." And is that is that I how just, is that how cold she said it? Yeah, that, like the, on a they ser- were on a the, serious level. Those yeah, were the words. Yeah, they were the words. And I asked Ross because I was like, "Surely that's not how I remember it in my head," you know? But he was like, "No, that's what was said." And that, and my reaction was to scream at her down the phone. Of course, and of he course. he ended up grabbing the phone from me because he he was just like this is not going to go anywhere. So he just t- spoke to her and tried to find out what happened and spoke to Alex, my sister. Um, so that night I jumped on a plane home. Like within a few hours, I I saw a doctor. I got Xanax and anxiety medication because I'd just gone in shock. Um, and then yeah, we flew home. I jumped off the plane ended up going back to my Ross's parents place and then back to my family home and my sister like my whole family was there but I just I just didn't speak to my mum there was just no way that you just couldn't process the way that she'd said it oh but there or, were other there, there were a lot of other, other really issues. personal issues yeah, yeah, yeah. that went on and yeah sometimes you just have to make a decision for your mental health and your happiness to, to not have someone in your life. And well, I'm a very yeah. firm believer in that, you know, like if somebody just, there's no, be- yeah, there's just no, they don't respect boundaries. and It's, it's just one of those things, that, and I say this to a lot of people, that um, you, you like there's a lot of parents out there that, that um, are quite emotionally abusive to their children mm. growing up. 
and as sad as it is some in order for you to grow beyond that you kind of would have to remove yourself from the situation absolutely and everything that you've achieved and and gone on to do is because you've removed yourself from an environment where you didn't feel that you know you were connected with them for the right kind of thing do yeah you know what I mean? and I was so close with my dad like we had a really really amazing relationship I was a daddy's girl for sure like we were so well connected and he was incredibly supportive of me and always kept in touch with me when I was living overseas like I'd hear from him every couple of days whereas you know I really wouldn't hear from my mum that much yeah um and that's fine but at the same time I mean a lot of a lot of issues stemmed from things that she'd done and said over the years so we didn't have a great relationship let's put it down to that um so yeah I mean I ended up going and seeing my dad at the at the funeral home and saying my goodbyes which were I mean that's so fucked (laughs) yeah yeah Uh, how do you as a person the last time I saw my dad was February when I came back to America because this happened this year didn't it no 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 this is five years ago oh this is five years ago five years ago yeah so um so yeah, I I ended up going like I saw him in February, and then April he was dead. So there were these months where I didn't even see my dad. Yeah. So I, the day before, I'd spoken to him on the phone, and he seemed fine. And so it's just it was just such a huge shock, and something that just it really took its toll on me for such a long time. Like I even still get upset talking about it. Yeah, no, and, and, and but, I fully understand that that anybody would rightfully get upset with talking about it because you're talking about your 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 father who you loved so deeply as has decided that the the way out for him and the way for him to process whatever he's going through in his life which which probably neither of us know about right now he he, he decided to to end it all right yeah and, and i don't blame him for that I, I don't i definitely do not blame him for making the decision that he did i think when you're so when you're as desperate to do something like that then obviously you know that's that's completely justified in your head like he wasn't thinking about us kids he wasn't thinking about any anything else other than how do I get out of this Mm, mm. situation that I'm in you know like it's just it he just suffered so much so and us and and there is no positive thing to to um to say on on the fact of you know when someone takes their own life no but but ultimately as as well the only the only saving grace is that he's he's no longer suffering from from what he was feeling at that particular time and it's not yeah. not a nice way yeah. to put it but, but i like, think that's a that's a thing with a lot of men that a lot of men struggle with and um without a lot of people just kind of bury it and that's something that like i had to learn i just could not bury my emotions i just had to go through feeling everything that i needed to feel at the time and like I didn't speak about the way my dad died for like years. I think it was like two and a half, three years went by and I only just kind of said, you know, my dad committed suicide. I just said I did a thing when I came back and I'm like, you know, I've, I've had to go to my dad's funeral. So I never said anything yeah, you about never, you never how said, he actually yeah, died yeah, yeah. Um, until I was – I felt like I was personally ready to actually talk about it, talk about how I got through it. Um, it's all part of the processing. Yeah. At the end of the day, like you, 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 you have to be ready to process things. And I, I and fr- from my personal perspective, it's like I flew back to have an honest conversation with my mother at thirty years old. Yeah. That I'd probably 
should have had when I was 12 years old. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm. Like I'd carried that much resentment because of, of feeling that, that she didn't love me for whatever reason I thought that. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't particularly the truth, but it's like you feel these feelings, don't you? Yeah. See, but you only process those feelings when you're ready to process them. So when you started to talk about it, that was your time to say, okay, I'm ready to take this a little bit stage further. And yeah. it, it's a fair, it's a credit on you for, for being willing and honest and open on this podcast to be able to come here and say these things because mm. these things help other people so much. Yeah, and that's why I decided, you know, I'd, I'd done the work, I'd done the counselling, I'd done everything to get to a really good place within myself and then I could help other people and talk about it and I feel like talking about it opens up this whole discussion around mental health that people don't really take seriously. I mean, people don't talk to counsellors as much as they should. Like I, this whole this whole experience made me realise I probably should have even gone to counselling before my dad died. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. but this, it just forced me into doing something that was actually ultimately really positive for me. Um, to talk to a counsellor and, and work through a lot of my problems. And Ross and I sat down and had counselling sessions with my counsellor as well because he was then pulled into this, like, position of kind of being a parent too, like taking care of me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, because this he, is and shit. He, and, and there was like, things going on in his life as well at the absolutely. time. Absolutely, yeah. From, from his family, the perspective that well, happened his, in the same period. Well, his dad got yeah. diagnosed with terminal cancer six months after my dad died. Yeah. So he then left me with no, like, there was no choice, but he had to go back to Australia after six months of, of course, you know, yeah. being with me in America. So I, was, all, I stayed all, all there. This, all this, can I just say, while you're trying to get your modelling career off to the races in LA. Oh, but in America, yeah. It was so hard, honestly. We, we were just, I think I had a good, like, I moved over there when I was 23, just after my birthday in February. Um, and just worked so hard I definitely was was given a lot of false hope from people and and people promising things that didn't follow through and I just came to see that was America like that's the American way yeah yeah Uh, you know they'll tell you they love you they'll tell you they've got got that they're doing this we're doing this new pilot tv show you know all this razzmatazz but there's there's no substance behind it in a lot of occasions like there there is genuinely if it's right it will happen anyway yeah so it's like you don't have yeah. to, it's not like you don't have to worry about that stuff because if it's meant for you it'll happen yeah exactly. so like some of the things that fell through for you i bet you you look back now thinking oh absolutely I, like everything that's fell through for you yeah led it, me to where le- i am led now. me to where you are led, led you to where you are yeah let me when you when you obviously did you think to yourself okay i can't achieve anything more in australia at the time when you decided mm. to move out there or, or was it just because you weren't getting what you what you deemed as a fair cut of the cloth in Australia? No, I, f- I feel like there was just a lot out, a lot more out there and that I needed to you experience. You needed to explore. You know, I, they're just, like, there's amazing work here in Australia, but I, I knew that if I wanted to get to a certain point, I had to be over in America. Like, yeah, when yeah. I was so young, I was like, I want to be Victoria's Secret Angel. That was my ultimate goal in my career for modeling yeah, yeah, I was like yeah, yeah. I always aspired to that and it led me in a really amazing direction in my career like I sh- I shot multiple campaigns with guests I shot a Super Bowl commercial which is insane let's, <laughs> let, let, Brett, let's not let's let's not speed through these topics because I, I, I want to really touch on these so talk to me about getting that how did it come about that you became the face of guests because um, I was talking so I was tell- I was telling my friend yeah. The other day, who used to work in LA? Yeah, 
um, that I was having on the podcast. And he's like, uh, he's like, I recognise her. And I said, ah, oh, she's like the former like guest guest girl. Gu- girl, right? He's like, no shit. He's like, I used to work in guests in LA. Like she was, she was on the front of my store. Yeah, I'm like, yes, yeah, yeah. she was. Yeah, <laughs> I had long dark hair. But yeah, yeah, like yeah, a bit yeah, different, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, but that all came about. Ross and I were actually driving back from Las Vegas from visiting some friends um, out there, and we were just brainstorming things of like, okay, so being a guest girl was always, you know, up there as like that career, like that really amazing pivotal moment in my career. Yeah. Um, but we're sitting in the car and we're like, okay, you know, I think I just found out that Paul Marashiano was following me on Instagram, who is the CEO of Guess. And which, we're talking... Which, which, which is great for the DM. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, great. Absolutely. So being the, being the proactive person that I was, um, <laughs> we're sitting there and Ross is like, we should just DM him. And I was like, fuck yeah, let's do it. So I ended up writing this email to him. Um, email or DM? Like DM, yeah. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. DM. Yeah. Um, saying, you know, it was always just a major... And he followed me for a reason, you know. Yeah, yeah. Like, he, he's the he CEO of yeah. Guess. He wasn't just, you know. So I sent him this message and he ended up responding to me, like, literally straight away, which was amazing. And he was like, I'd love for you to come in for a test shoot. Um, Fantastic. When do I oh, start? Oh, actually, no, it wasn't... I think it was... I had a meeting with him. Um, I had a meeting with him and he was like really big on the hair being real. So like, he was like, oh, is your hair real? Like, he's like, I just, I have to touch it. Is it okay if I touch it? I was like, yeah, of course. Cause he like always checks if you have extensions. It's just like a Paul thing to do. It's really weird. Wow. Um, <laughs> but he like, he loves that his girls are like all Paul. natural. <laughs> like he loves that all natural, you know, that's yeah, the yeah. guest girl look. So yeah. I met with him and then he was like, hey, I actually want to book you for a lookbook shoot for summer, spring or some whatever. And I ended up um, shooting that lookbook. And I remember when I booked it, I called my dad and he was at the airport and I was like, oh my God, I just booked a lookbook for guests. Oh! <laughs> and he's like losing it because he was so proud of me. Um which was a really nice memory with my dad because I ended up pulling that back into a conversation with Paul at Guess. Um, but I was, I, I was doing, I did this test shoot, like well, the, not the test shoot, the lookbook. Yeah. And then I ended up coming back and shooting a couple more lookbooks yeah. for the stores, like all the in-store like catalogs and stuff. Yeah, for sure. And then, um, so like my, in that time, like my dad had passed and, um, I think it was just a couple of months after because it was like really still very, very raw for me. Um, but I was doing a shoot at Guess, and in this time, I'd also done a cover of Treats magazine, treats, which is what, what's Treats? Treats is uh, like a coffee table book, which is right. Okay, like be- it's so beautifully like done, like a beautifully designed book that you just you just a yeah. decoration. Yeah, yeah. and um, it was my it was actually my first. <laughs> it sounds bad, but it was my first nude shoot, and it was by no means anything like salacious or it's not it was, only, it you're was not talking art. about only fans right now are you? you're, no. talking, you're talking about art <laughs> yeah artistry. It's, it was shot by a woman yeah, yeah. we had a really strong concept behind it black um, and white was it black and it white? it was black and white yes it yeah. was black and white yeah yeah You've got to do them in black and it white. it was very natural um and we have we had to factor all these things in before we did it because i'm like i could lose out on specific jobs if you know i go if i am topless 
But at the same time, I was like, do you know what? I'm just going to go for it. Emily Ratajkowski was on the second cover of yes, this magazine, Topless, like, and look at her career. Like, it's just gone. She's done well. Gangbusters. Like, she booked um, the Robin Thicke video clip off of that cover. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. So I did this shoot. It turned out amazing. Like, it was just so empowering. It was just a really incredible moment. I, I felt so comfortable in my body. I, was, I felt really fit. I was really happy with the way I looked. So it was really, really like an amazing opportunity. And it actually went around and it, was, it got into the right people's hands. And I ended up booking a lot of work off of that. Um, and Steve Shaw, who's the owner of Treats, is very good friends with Paul Marashiano. And Paul saw these photos and he was just like, oh my God. Is her like, hair real? This is. No, no, no. <laughs> he was like, this is a guest girl. Like, this is a can't Like, he had to, I guess he had to see it before he could actually see it in a campaign yeah. shoot. He does a lot of test shoots with all the girls that he does work with. So um, he saw that and he was like, you need to come in and do a test campaign. It's time. So I was like, okay. So did this test and then I was booked to come in and do another lookbook in the studio a couple of days later. Yeah. So it's like in the studio and somebody comes in and it's not uncommon for them to ask like the girls, they'd come in and be like, Paul wants to say hi. So I was like, okay, cool. So I, I'm in between my lunch break, went into his office and Tatiana, the photographer sitting in there and I was like, what's this? And all the photos from our test shoot are printed out on his desk and I'm like, oh my God, what's going on? Am I in trouble? Yeah. <laughs> so he, um, He's talking about the shoot. He's like, I love the photos. They are so beautiful. Oh, my God. Like, just so brilliant. And then he said something, and I can't remember what he said for the life of me, but he goes, and that's why I've chosen you to shoot the next guest campaign. Wow. And I bet I bet that kind of like all that all that work from, from that time when you left school, when you were turned down for being too short, when you are turned down for being, having too big a booze, when you were turned down – with all these different campaigns yeah. and then you get that moment. How did yep. it feel? It was like I was on cloud nine. I literally kind of just sat there and I was like, uh, I think I just burst into tears and then, oh, yeah, no, I did <laughs> because Paul was like looking at me and he's like, he's like, are you okay? And I'm like, no, no, this, um, this, these are really happy tears. But at the same time, like, you know, I always, t- I grew up, telling my dad that I wanted to be a guest girl and he was like I know you can do it you'll always be able to do it my dad passed away and and like now I've just booked it like this is just the most like I was literally sitting there crying and he was thinking there was something wrong and I'm like no I'm just really really happy and like my dad always told me that I could do this and now I'm about to do it yeah unbelievable you know like it was just such an emotional moment and he was he was crying and the photographer was crying because they'd just found out about what happened with my dad so he runs out and he grabs a box of tissues and he's like everyone's got tissues in the room and um and yeah it all just went from there and I shot more campaigns after that and I was just like I, I was like I can't believe I'm a guest girl like this is crazy was that the first uh was that was that the ticket that opened the door to the rest of all the stuff I think, that you did yeah I do I do believe so especially in America becoming a guest girl is a really huge deal so and I mean, even in Australia, it was a really huge deal. But I think the biggest, the biggest thing for me was the Super Bowl commercial. So how did you even get the Super Bowl commercial? 
do you know what? It's it was from years of building my social platform and someone at Yellowtail Wines finding me as like the typical like an Australian bombshell. That was what they were yeah, looking for. Yeah, they were yeah, like, yeah, yeah. we're looking for like an Australian bombshell for our Super Bowl commercial. And do, 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 there was someone who, there who made the decisions. Who was like, this girl is the girl. Do you know? Do you know the? So can I tell you something, right? What? <laughs> so when I when I was before I came to Australia, like. I used to come home from the gym and neighbours used to be on at like 6pm at yeah. night in England. So I used to come home from boxing gym, walk in the door and this neighbours would be on and that Holly Valance. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, she broke my heart 17 times. I've never, I've never met the girl. But I'm telling you now, I don't, know, I don't even know if I'm about to speak to her for a Like she, she was that Australian bombshell to me yeah. growing up because when I was at that age when I was like... 15, 16, 17. Look, look, I don't she's know if snoring. you can, yeah, yeah, the dog's snoring in the background. It's hilarious. But um, no, she was like, uh, when I was like 15, 16, 14, 15, 16, 17, or whatever, like she was that girl. You know, she come out with kiss, kiss, this, that, you know, yeah. she, was, yep. she was the girl next door. But she was the one before you being the girl next door. Do you know what yeah. I mean? So, like, yeah. Yep. So, like, just when you, as soon as you said it, I was just thinking, man, like, that, 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 Holly Valance. That, was like the, that was like the Holly Valance <laughs> moment to me. Like, so yeah, I, it really. But it, it it did come from them having me on social media. And so, I mean, I guess it was really like years of building this credibility and having this image that I was booked for that reason, you know, like there yeah. were, and th- there was no casting process. Like I actually thought it was a joke. I got this email through and Ross had the management email on his phone as well. And I'm like, I read it and I was like, this is a joke. It was like, oh, we want you to be in a Super Bowl commercial. And I was just like, this is a fucking scam. Like, whatever. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't, you know, I, d- I didn't feel like at that point, I was like, there's no way someone's going to ask me to be in a Super Bowl commercial. Like, this is just ridiculous. And then Ross read that he saw the email. Yeah. I'd read it, obviously, but he saw it. And he was like, did you read that email? And I was just like, I was like, yeah. And he's like, babe, that's a Super Bowl commercial. Do you know how fucking big that is? And I was like, yeah, but it's probably not real. And he goes, <laughs> I'm getting on the phone with them right now. <laughs> and I ended up booking yeah, a Super yeah, Bowl yeah. commercial. But how long, how long is a Super Bowl commercial? It's like, I mean, like how, not, long, how long does it play for? Yeah, how long does it play for? Um, well, like 60 seconds. So like what? So like this was for Yellowtail, right? Mm-hmm. So this is for the wine company. Yeah, yeah. So what were you doing in the advert? Because I've not even seen this advert yet. So this is so crazy. Um, we didn't find it. So we booked the commercial. They were like, "We're flying you out to Barcelona." Um, I love that in, place. I think it was like in two months. We're flying you out to Barcelona. We're going to film on a beach. Um, and yeah, you've booked it. This is how much you're getting. And it was like my first one of my first huge fucking paydays for a job over there like yeah, it yeah, was yeah, yeah. unreal like, yeah yeah I'll i'm just well, like i'm a living barry <laughs> <laughs> i was over the moon yeah and, of course um, you were what did you can i just ask you one question yeah did you treat yourself once you'd like once you'd done this oh, like not really no but this is the thing i want you to understand man you need to you need to have those treats when you do these things because you i just feel like you go from big thing to big thing but you but maybe you don't like reward oh, we yourself. Oh, we do. We it. do for sure. I mean, like Ross and I. It, I mean, the the work trip felt like a reward. We'll fly over first class. We'll put up in the most amazing hotel in Barcelona. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, so this is the funniest thing. Um, when we got there, right, we we get this script the night before, and it's like all the stuff. And do you remember your lines? Uh, yeah, I do. Yeah, uh, go but, on. but 
but this is the thing when I'm reading it because Ross picked it up first and he goes holy fuck and I was like I was like oh my god what's wrong and he was like babe you're literally being named in a Super Bowl commercial like oh they, they actually use Yellow, your real name here at Yellowtail we believe in Ellie Gonzalez wow he's like what person in a Super Bowl commercial other than like yeah but you got such a great name He's like, but you get named. Like, that's huge. He's like, and then when we saw all the Super Bowl commercials for that year, he's like, he was like, Miranda Kerr's in that, and she doesn't even get named. I was like, yeah, but that's because everyone knows who she is, mate. Yeah. <laughs> but, 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 like, that is, that's huge. So we ended up going out there the next day, and there's, like, all the, the huge setup. It's, like, basically, like, a movie production. It's just insane. Like the Frankly um, podcast on my ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is, like, Absolutely. a movie production yeah. as well, Look you at know. these lights right oh here. Oh, my God. These Look, lights are out honestly, of control. I'm giving you angles on angles right now. Yeah, it's great. Cheekbone structure's coming oh, straight honestly, through in this video. Popping. Popping. Popping off. But, yeah, we got to this set, and I'm like, wow, this is unreal. It's, it was, like, one of the biggest productions I've ever been on. It, and just the... The quality of everything was incredible. Um, but we, we got into this trailer and I went into hair and makeup and everything and we'd, we'd finished and I was like, okay, I'll just – I'll where do you want me to go? And they were like, what do you mean? And I was like, oh, is anyone else coming in to get their hair and makeup done? And they go, Ellie, this is your trailer. And I was like – I'm sorry, what? Wow. Wow. And Ross is sitting there because Ross, like, Ross very, is loving very, the trailer. Do you know what? I'm very, very lucky that we both have jobs where if for something big, we could literally just drop everything yeah, and yeah, go yeah, yeah. on a trip to, like, Ross could come on this trip with me. And because he was my manager at the time, anyways, so he was there as my manager. We're sitting in this trailer and I'm just. Literally, dead. when everybody left, we're just like jumping around like crazy people and filming all these funny videos because I'm like, we got our own trailer. This is yeah. insane. You deserve it. Um, so that was that was literally probably one of the, the greatest jobs that I've had. Like the tr- in terms of like the treatment or um, treatment and everything like that, and um, just like the quality of everything. And I I was literally on set for maybe an hour. Filming, I know. At I know. sun, at sunset, like the sun was going down. Yeah, we're on this beach. Um, just one shoot. Yeah, I literally like one w- shot. Yeah, it, well, I mean, like I think maybe we did it in four shots. We did it in like four shots. Unbelievable. Yeah, and I'm like, but just, I'm like, did you guys? Are you guys happy with this? Like, do we get everything that you want? <laughs> but, you, but you see that payday as four shots, but I see that payday that you got there as six. Seven years worth of hard work. Absolutely. Do you know what I mean? Oh, totally. I, I totally look at it like that because, like, because there'll be so many people on here going, "Oh my god, she got paid this much for that many shots." Oh, it wasn't even about the money. I would have done that for free at that point in time. Hundred percent. Like literally, I would have dropped everything and been like, "I'm going for free." Hundred percent. Hundred percent. That would. job like put me on the international stage like none other. It was just. It, it was insane. Is this what led on to you being co-star with The Rock? No, we were actually friends before this and we were planning, like we'd we'd already planned um, so for fr- me to be in the movie he was so, producing and starring hold in. Hold on, hold on, slow down. You're friends with The Rock? Yeah. <laughs> How did you meet The Rock? We had like mutual acquaintances and then we ended up meeting um, and we just got along a house on fire. Like both of our... 
both of our attitudes were, yeah, 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 you know, yeah. very similar and we both had like really fucked up sense of humor. So yeah, 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 <laughs> we yeah. just got along really well. And um, like I sat down and had a dinner with him when we'd like, we'd first got acquainted and um, like he found out a lot about like me and my, my work and where I'd come from and um, told me a lot about him. And we just got along so well and it was just like a really great friendship and he's been a really amazing mentor to me over all the years and um it was so funny because he had a commercial come out as a super bowl commercial in in the super bowl for his like an ad for his movie so we were both like um tweeting each other tweeting each other's commercials on twitter when they'd come out um on the super bowl but but i'd booked I'd, i'd literally um so before that had aired i had read for um and like booked my role in fighting with my family yeah. so we like we already knew what that's, was what was to come we just couldn't say anything for ages because obviously you know we were what's it like filming a net netflix movie well it wasn't a netflix movie it was um Is produced it, it, it by... was a movie and then it was and then it was put on netflix then yeah, I mean, it's on everything. It's on Apple TV, iTunes. Oh, wicked, yeah. yeah. Um, Netflix in the UK, I believe, not in Australia at the moment. Um, but it was, it was just, it was an unreal experience, honestly. I, I kind of was just sitting there in my trailer and I was pinching myself and I was like, I cannot believe someone who nobody really believed in as a kid growing up is sitting here doing this right now. Like, who would have thought? I, you know, I grew up on acreage with animals and literally climbing trees and riding bikes and stuff and I'm like how did that person get here now it's just so wild but I I always put that down to my circle of influence as well you know I I had a really amazing partner who believed in me I had people who believed like my dad was so so supportive um and my friends were so supportive and that that circle of influence is so important if you want to be successful in your life because you could be successful but if you've got people around you who are not happy for that success that's going to bring you down that's going to make you feel less than that's going to make you feel like you don't belong in places so i mean did did you did you find that that was one of the things uh, um you you kind of you, you identified it and you had to move away from some people because of that reason yeah absolutely yeah i mean i've had friendships over the years i mean i had one kind of like recently um, and I was just like, this is just too much drama for me and I'm, I'm just not going to sit around yeah. for someone either being a liar or being manipulative or... Was was that person another celebrity or was that just uh, a person that was just trying to be the best version of themselves? Was like, was, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, were they, were just they, were, a normal person. Just a normal person, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, like, and I'm a, I'm a very trusting person and if I let someone into my life, I let them in completely. You know, I... I love that person like a sister or a brother or whatever. It's the that's just the way it is with me when I bring someone into my life. So, um, but at the same time, like if like I feel like I've got these really good boundaries now, and a, a lot of these things that have happened over the years have made me be so assertive with my direction and where I know I belong and the people who are around me what what they're like. So whenever I start to see I mean it takes you six months to really like know a person right 100% like it takes you a good solid six months to find out what somebody's like and I feel like that that determines if if I stay friends with them or you know I pull back and I just say hey like I can't like this is not something for me I think you have to qualify people in and out of your life all the time absolutely because, because at the end of the day 
I, I said this to a lot of people that every person you meet, you either leave them feeling more empowered that time you meet them or less empowered. Mm. You never leave them the same. Yeah. You know, you, if if you meet me in the gym and 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 I left you uh, and we have a conversation, I'm either you you're either feeling better about me or worse about me. You're never yeah. feeling the same about yeah. me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And, uh, everyone needs to understand that. And I think too many people forget that. Yeah. So that it, you've got to bring the best version of yourself to as many occasions as possible. Yeah, absolutely. Otherwise, you're doing yourself a disservice. But I feel like you've also got to be pretty ruthless with the people that you have around you. And I mean, a lot of people that I know are very like, oh, you know, like if, if they see somebody who they're friends with being hard done by by someone else who's in that friendship group, they're kind of like just sit on the fence. And that's not me. I'm, I'm just so – I'm a very loyal person – and if someone does my good friend wrong or someone that I care about wrong, that like that's done. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, like that's. Well, I I look at how people speak to other people and how yeah. people treat other people to yeah. to kind of because eventually that's how they're going to treat me. Well, I mean, you look at people how they treat someone someone that doesn't do anything for them or you know doesn't benefit them in any kind of a way, and that tells you a lot about who they are as a person. Do you think that's 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 something that's been accentuated in this social media age that we're in? Oh, we live in a really. Um, I mean, how difficult do you think it is right now? Because I, because even though people say it's oh, it's it's the best time ever because you can do this, this, and this, and this off social, I think there's so many underlying tones of it that that people don't see. Yeah. As well. I mean, I think there are a lot of really negative things to social media and the way people act in our society these days, but there are a lot of really, really amazing aspects to it as well if you if you make them that way. Um, you know, I, I've always been very passionate about talking about things that matter to me and um, like we were speaking about earlier, like wildlife warriors and yeah, yeah, yeah. all of that kind of stuff. Like I've, I, I do feel like there, there are some really amazing aspects of social media, but there's some very negative ones that I feel like people get so sucked up in. And yeah, yeah. they live in this. They live in this life of, you know, it's just it's just a highlight reel, and then it ends up becoming something so destructive. And that, that's something that I've I've definitely had to watch over the over the years because I started with how it came out, and I've I've seen it evolve and what it's done to some people's lives and how they act as people and how insecure they get about actually being themselves because they feel like they're going to be judged and it's just like putting this putting this different life out there that 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 they don't actually have yeah 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 and i that it's just so destructive to destructive to who you are so i mean personally i've always just felt that being open and honest about everything about all of the shitty things that have gone through my life you know go wrong and all of the great things i mean it's not just a highlight reel for me Talk about uh, a lot of like the yeah. other, I mean, I just just being a real person and you not getting about caught up. Your clothes the other day. I, I talked about taking a shit on the toilet the other day and having the window cleaners outside. <laughs> I literally I was on that. the toilet. I saw and that. I see these like ropes, and I'm like, "What is that?" And then I see these feet, and I'm like, "Oh uh, my god!" Yeah. Somebody I just know, saw and, me. And, on and, <laughs> and you was talking about speeding things up, like not holding back. So, yeah, I was like, I was just, like, I was like, I, I was like, yeah, I didn't. Wild. Well, my girlfriend was like, okay, to put context to the story, I was sitting on the toilet one afternoon, and I 
it's just like, oh, you know when you're on your phone and you're just like, yeah, you're you in your own you don't little world. You get little red marks above your yeah, knees because yeah, you yeah. just lean there texting. Yeah, you lean it. Yeah, yeah. Literally, like, I was just in my own little world. I was, like, checking emails. Like, I wasn't looking up at the window expecting anyone was going to be there. Especially not with a rope. I look up and, um, and they see these two robes and... I sort of saw the top of someone's head, like they just cleaned that area. So I was just oh, like, "Oh, really? This so person's literally." So literally, he's already been. He's already seen yeah, you. Yeah. Well, I don't. I don't know if yeah, you can see in. I don't know if you can see in because yeah. they're very tinted windows. Oh, he saw However, you. I'm sitting on the toilet and I get my camera out. I'm still sitting on the toilet, and I'm just like still freaked out. Then I'm like, "Is there another one coming?" Like. Well, like, is oh, there's there two of them. Yeah, there were, there were a couple. Like, there were a few people on the window. So he, he's probably texted his mate going, have a look at floor seven. Yeah, like, she's texting. She's, she's, she- <laughs> this girl's so a what? So literally, I'm just sitting there and I'm like, oh, yeah. so I'm just on the toilet. And um, yeah, I look up and this is what I see. Yeah. <laughs> and then one of my girlfriends was like, did you just like fr- freeze poo and like just end it and just get up off the toilet straight away? I was like, well, no, I just... I. I didn't like, obviously, like dilly dally, and you know, I'm chill about it, and like don't care. I just, I just hit the what did I call it the other day? I just hit the, the escape that hijack escape thing button. <laughs> I was like, just get it out! Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. Then I jumped off. You gotta the be toilet. careful when you hit that button. Though, oh mate, if, if I was you, just like, if you hit that button, if you hit that button and. And go too hard too quick. Oh, I'm yeah. telling you, yeah, you're giving yourself piles. Yeah, yeah, like, for sure. What is that? <laughs> where you get like the blood vessels. Uh, yeah, you know what I mean? gross. You got to no, gotta no, be it's all good. No, I, I, it wasn't too bad. Like, but I, I mean, yeah, it, it all comes just back to keeping it real, and yeah, you, you know, might. just. But that's that's why that's why you've gained a following. That's why you keep a following is because of real shit. This mm. is this is exactly why we do this podcast because this is real shit yeah like if you kept that back that's not the true version of yourself so there's no point you've got to be honest with with the world of who you are and then yeah. you could that's what you that's what you're totally what you're saying about these a lot of social media people is the fact that a lot of them are hiding behind this they look like this model over here but some of them might just like fishing they don't put but fishing also, on Instagram. I, but, I, but also too it's like it's just the uh, the pressure from society that i feel it's it's very hard to break away from honestly like i definitely was living in just posting the good the good stuff for ages especially when my dad passed away i was like there's no way i'm talking about this yeah yeah. Yeah, i'm like going to counseling three like two three times a week with someone who was like the best at what they did because i'm just like i i don't even know what to do like what do you do when something like that happens you know and i'm in another country and then at a time like ross's dad got sick he went to australia and i was there by myself and so i've 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 actually reposted a photo that I did and I'm on the top of Running Canyon and it's a photo of me like with my hands up in the air and I look yeah. so happy and I'm like little did anybody realize when I posted this how shit I felt and how hard times were for me. Yeah, yeah. So this is just a reminder that no one no matter what you see on Instagram like I went into a big paragraph about like what I was going through and stuff. It's so good but, though for people to see that like and really, well, yeah, and really I mean, understand it. Yeah, it just it's life is not what you see on Instagram. It's just so carefully curated by people, and and while my Instagram is a business, uh, my social media is a business. It still should uh, be truthful to who I am as a person. Hundred percent. Yeah, and I and I feel like people do get scared about putting the the real them out there because they'll feel like they'll be judged or whatever. But 
over the years of being in an industry like mine, you just you, you the fear of judgment just go, goes. Yeah, especially have to be, especially have to be in LA. Like, Absolutely, oh my god, it's like, ruthless. Those girls are ruthless. They're savage. Oh my god. Tell us, tell us some stories about some of these chicks and that and the wild things that they've pulled off in these in these. Kind of I mean, I don't have I like that. I I don't really like bagging people. I don't. I'm not telling you to drop names. No, no, no. But like, I mean, it's just a different world over there if people are raised differently they're, they're raised to um to want different things like as opposed to me growing up in brisbane australia on acreage with like horses and kangaroos obviously my life is going to turn up very differently to someone who's growing up in la with all of the reality tv that they're exposed to as they're growing up and you know all of these things that this this mold of a, a person that they're supposed to be women especially um, of course they're going to be super different, but it's just crazy because I would I would get to set on certain jobs and, you know, you'd hear these stories about girls doing these crazy things, like very unprofessional things. And I'm like, there's no way, like this is exaggerated 100%. And then I started seeing it on set, like girls would rock up like literally an hour and a half to two hours late to a shoot. And it's like, are you joking? Like, is that just because they feel that they're better than everyone else? I don't know. I honestly can't tell you what they're thinking or what they're feeling or what, why they do what they do. But um, the treatment of other people on the shoot as well was horrendous, like on in some cases. Um, and it just – it really took me back because I was like, okay, like, you know, obviously people don't really care about being professional here because these girls keep, keep getting booked. But at the same time, I think that was – but you've, you've still got to be yourself, though. So if you are professional, then you yeah. want to keep yourself. Oh, absolutely, as and I think at the end of the day, that was a huge plus for me working in America. I was reliable. I was professional. I'd rock up looking yeah, yeah. and doing my job. You know, yeah, it, yeah, that yeah. was that. And was when just... you and when you get in when you get in paid, what most people would term as an astronomical amount of money, considering where you've come from and and where they're at, yeah. then you should bring that level of professionalism with it. You know I, mean, I mean, even when I wasn't being paid, I mean, there was definitely times where I was struggling with money for sure over the years. That was a hundred percent, you know, though, like it? really tough times. Um, trying to you know make it somewhere is is really hard. You know, you put a lot of work in, and you're doing all of these things, and you're not really seeing, you know, but the, seeing but anything from it. But the, but in the long term, you the, know, that's the, the the juice though that I've got out of this interview so far with you is the fact that and so many people should literally cotton on to these three things is the fact that you reach out to you reach out to people you 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 make yourself known and you build this personal brand and you you know you put yourself out there in the situations for people to yeah some people are going to say no but some people are going to say yes too mm. like at the end of the day if 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 if, for argument's sake, if I didn't ask you and Ross to be on the podcast and all this kind of stuff, then it wouldn't happen, would it? Yeah. It's not like it's not like you're going to come to me and say, "Oh yeah, can we be on the podcast?" Or you might you might do because yeah. that's you. But like, you know what I mean? Not everyone would do that. You have to go. You have to be willing to put yourself out there to get rejected. Absolutely. Do you know? And, and not take that rejection personally. Yeah, you're just going to be okay with not. And I mean, at the same, like, you're never going to be everyone's cup of tea. You just got to realize that in this industry or in anything that you want to do, like if someone isn't going to like you, they're not going to like your product they're not gonna you know vibe with who you are as a person or a brand or whatever but that's okay like there's plenty of other people out there who would and they're the people that you focus on you don't focus on chasing this approval from other people who will never give you approval 
to begin with. Yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. there's just no point. Well, so you can you can never if if you if you live your life seeking approval of others, mm. you're never going to get approval from everybody. So you're always exactly. going to be constantly unhappy. You'll you always be unhappy. So 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 why would you set yourself in, up in a game, whether you're a man or woman, that you you cannot win? Yeah, you cannot win that the game. Same. That's the same. I feel with people as well. Like you try and please everybody, like in your personal relationships, and it. If you if you're not working on yourself and you, you're not you're not surrounding yourself with the right people, you're just never going to be happy. Yeah, you know, you're always or if there's someone in your life that you're always trying to like prove something to or being like, oh, this person's going to love me. And I've had people in my life that are like that that I'm always just like, oh, like you know, I'm. What can I do to make this person love me? You know, yeah, what can yeah, I do yeah. to make them like approve the wrong, of it's me? The, it's the wrong question. The first question you should ask Absolutely. is how how can I love myself? Yeah, because like let's let's work on loving myself more before I start to think yeah. about how others can love me. because yeah. no one can love you until you love yourself. Exactly. That, yeah. That's a cl- that's, that's a so clinical true. fact. In, in, unless you, unless you loved who you were and were and were comfortable in who you were, mm. you can't give love to someone else, or you can't expect them to love you. Yeah, because you don't even love yourself yet. Yeah, exactly. that, that's that's rule one. This yeah. game, you should get that. If you're if you've not boxed, if you're listening to this right now and this is hitting your ears at the right time, you've got to box that shit off because yeah. that shit is so important. Mm. Because you, you you have to you have to really embrace who you are as a person and be willing to and accept nurture it. nurture that space for you and your happiness as you grow as well. I think is really that's one thing that I really focused on this year. It's like okay, like what do I want for my personal happiness this year and for and for 2021? Um, what what do I need? What actions do I need to take to, you know, either like if you set boundaries with people or and they're just just straight up ignoring them or they just don't change their attitudes towards you. It's like something's got to be done about that because yeah, yeah. uh, that the stuff that the anxiety that sets into your body <laughs> and your brain when yeah, 100%. you've got people around like that is just so toxic. It's it's like I I I have a I have a I have a rule with people respecting my time, respecting mm. me as a person. Yeah. If I just don't feel it's there, I'll cut you dead. Yeah. Like you're gone. Yeah, you're absolutely. gone, especially on the fact if you organise something and then you cancel on me last minute or mm. this that and the other. Like, don't, don't do that. Like, I mean, there's always <laughs> a there's mean? always a line, and I don't ever cut people off like just straight up. Be, you know, it, the, the, this the, is like this. Yeah. Is, you know, I feel like you know you give someone an opportunity. To oh yeah, I'm talking. I'm talking about like if this happens like on a series of oh, occasions, yeah, yeah. like like two. I won't let it go on more than two or three times. Yeah, what I'm saying yeah, exactly. Because like, you have to have a moral compass line. That okay, this person does not value me and doesn't value my time. So why should I have them in my life? Kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. You know I mean? Yeah, and having people around you who appreciate you and respect you is so important. And I feel like if if we lived by that the world is a much different place it's like you don't have to be fake with anybody you don't have to like live with this anxiety when you see them you're just like oh like I just don't need to be around you and I just have to put up with you because of this and like if your life is so different when you start taking that control back and being like okay like this is really making me unhappy and I need to move in a direction where I feel like I have a solution you know yeah yeah 100% and just the, just the difference like I've, I've done that over the last few years for several reasons and it's been the best decisions that I've ever made for my personal happiness and my mental health 
And sometimes as well, like, it's not always, like, you've moved back to Australia for argument's sake. Yeah. And that and that that would have been predicated on your happiness as well. You'd have been you'd probably been happier here than you probably were there. Because Oh, this absolutely. Is, this, this is my this home. Is home. This, this is, is my home. home. My friends are here. I What a beautiful place that we live though, aren't we lucky? Like, we are so lucky to live in Australia and I think it takes to to go away and, and come back to really appreciate it for what it is. Um, you know, America was it's great fun, amazing jobs. I will fly back and forth for work, but I won't go back and live there. Like we yeah. went back mainly because Ross had to be there for, for work permanently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we flew back over. Like I lived there previously for about four years, um, came back to Australia and then Ross ended up um, taking a job that had to have him be over there for a specific amount of time. And I was like, okay, let's do it. You know, being the supportive partner that I am. Yeah, yeah, you got to do it. <laughs> let's take the dog. Let's let's move over there. And then COVID happened after a couple of months of us being over there, and we just thought, okay, let's just pack up our stuff and go back because. That, but that that was all for a reason. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That was yeah. that that was that was all for a hundred percent. That was that was built, you know, for your your like your great reset kind of thing. Yeah. And I yeah. think I think you'll flourish with that. Yeah, because you, you, you seem light, so you seem like you're you're in the right place, and you and it's the right time for you. Yeah. What's I know you're working a lot with like your fitness stuff and everything like that. I mean, yeah. what's is that the business that you're the passionate about building up to to levels upon levels, or what's what's the go? Yeah, I, I've always been very passionate about fitness. Fitness was a really huge catalyst in me getting back to um, a really happy place, especially after my dad passed away. Um, being active every day was definitely something that. Um, helped me get past a really, really tough time. Um, Because at the same time when I lost my dad, I pretty much lost my whole family because I had to make that decision of this is just the right thing to do. Does that even mean your sister as well? I have three three siblings. And you've you've literally removed yourself from everybody? Mm. Yes. Some for different reasons, but... um, most of the family when my dad passed away yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. and for yeah for a lot of reasons but um but but yeah i mean that was uh, fitness was just such a huge thing that gave, gave me gave you a route clarity to channel, channel something yeah it just gave me so much mental clarity and it, it gave me something to challenge myself and to just kind of you know just get those endorphins at the same like i just needed something that made me happy yeah. um but my fitness journey really came into play when I was about 18 and I was taking modeling really seriously. Um, and I just wanted to learn. I, I literally would pick up any book. I listened to Tony Robbins podcasts about like, it was like yeah. not even a podcast. It was the CD collection. Have you ever been to one of his seminars? Yes, I have. And yeah, they're which, amazing. Which, which one have you been to? Um, I, so he came out for the um, national achievers Congress. Right. Okay. Um, we listened to Robert Kiyosaki. I've, been, um, I've, I've met him. Yeah, amazing, yeah, amazing. Um, but he was just like fucking unreal. And I, Ross actually got me on to Tony Robbins and a lot of the other people who I learned a lot of my business um, business side from as well. So, um, Daisy. <laughs> <laughs> we got we got Daisy. Gonna, da- Daisy Daisy's decided at the moment. She's, she's just woken up from a nap. She's woken up from a nap. She's got a bit aggro. And she's starting to growl. She's she's Did you trying. Have a nightmare. <laughs> she's so <laughs> Such a beautiful dog. Um, but, yeah, but yeah, I mean, when I started to take things really seriously, I um, yeah, I I learnt as much as I possibly could. Come here. Come here. We're, okay. just, we're gonna yeah. have a little cuddle. 
Yeah, Daisy's the most like little beautiful pom pom, and she's like Hello. she's just woken up from she's been napping. Like Hello. I reckon she she was up the first half an hour of the podcast, but then yeah. she's kind of like she just dozed off. She's just dozed off, but she's back in the room now. Yeah, welcome back, Daisy. Welcome back, Daisy. But um, um, yeah, we were back so, to, yeah, back yeah, to we were, back to the story. Back can to we the get podcast? back to this podcast now, Daisy? Is that um, right? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I, I just learned as much as I possibly could about health, fitness, and wellness, and. Um, yeah, one of the first things that I got into, got stuck into was the Tony Robbins uh, Living Health Pack. Yeah. And there was about 20 CDs, I think, at the time that when I bought this pack, it was like 20 CDs It came and you listen to like a CD yeah, 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 yeah. about a specific topic. And then, um, But I just, I learned so much and um, I was, I, I'm always very passionate about learning about how the body works and, um, and uh, just staying fit and being in the right right state of mind for everything yeah, that I yeah. that I am responsible for in this world and it just I sets do. you up for the day it really does, it does. Set you up for yeah the day. yeah it totally does it's it just apart from looking like I need to do for my work it's the way that it makes me feel and the mental clarity that I get from it so um so yeah I I just I learned from the experts over the years I had naturopaths I had I even trained with some athletes I I just did as much as I possibly could what kind of athletes did you train with though um a couple of sprinters yeah yeah, yeah. um I trained with oh god this is going back a long time this guy called Usain Bolt yeah this guy (laughs) called Usain Bolt (laughs) um but I was I was a sprinter at school so I, I did a I did quite a bit but I just wanted to do a lot of different stuff and see how my body reacted to it and um, and have you built that into like programs for other women? And yeah, men? so so basically, what happened? I, I I used to have a blog that had like like just so many viewers every month, which was crazy to me at the time because I was I didn't even feel like I was someone who was like worthy know, of it. Worthy but, of yeah, 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 but you've done it because <laughs> um, I was only like what like twenty twenty one or something. Um, and I, I like I literally paid so much money invested in the experts and and learned all of this stuff and I started writing about it and Ross is like you should just turn this into a program this would be amazing so eventually in 2017 I ended up creating this entire program of everything that I learned that was that that, that impacted my health and fitness journey that really got me to a place of being happy with my body and yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and all that kind of stuff um and and everything that I learned from the experts, it's like you can put so much money into something, um, whereas people aren't in that in that position to be able to do that. So I was like, why don't I just compile everything that I learned and just you know sell it for fifty bucks? Like, it, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, it, the I'm, whole reasoning behind it was to help people because I I've always been someone passionate about helping other people in my life. So did you put it together as like an ebook or yeah. Would, yeah 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 it's an ebook program similar to what like Kayla did back in the day and yeah. Tammy Hembrow and and Ashy Bynes and girls like that yeah so um, it was just something like fun that I put out there that was that was really positive and um, I enjoyed speaking about and. Yeah, it was. Just, it's just turned into this different thing now. <laughs> what do, which, what avenue do you hope to take it now in terms of like the business and and the fitness stuff? What what, what kind of avenue are you taking it down? Um, twenty twenty one is going to be a really big year for us. We're expanding on quite a few things, and we've also we are creating a few other things that will be coming. I can't exactly speak about it at the moment because it's still in the works and it's not ready to be spoken yeah, about. Yeah, 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 for but, sure. Um, but you're going to come on when you are ready to speak about it, aren't you? Yeah, absolutely. You better Launch be. Day. <laughs> I tell you now, if you if you if you if you dump this podcast for another podcast, me and you're going to have arguments. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so we we just basically spent this year just absolutely 
fucking hustling and figuring out. Yeah. And it's great because we've wanted to do a lot of things over the years, but we're like, we're not in one place for long enough to be able to do this. And yeah, there was yeah. almost, there was always so much going on and you couldn't just sit down and focus on building something new. And we, we've had this amazing blessing in this year. I think probably the only blessing that everything that's gone wrong, like you sit down and you've got so much time to work on something, Yeah, you know? So that's what Ross and I have done. Like we've, we've planned out our, our next five years um, over these last few months and, and really sat down and put our head down and got to work. But the, um, but the beauty of that is do you, as a couple, know where you're going? Yeah. And do you know how many couples that don't have a clue where they're going together? Yeah, it's just... It, That's I a mean, crazy thing, you know. But, it, but but you don't know until you talk about it, until you write down what your goals are. And I think that, that we've always been very, very um, goal-orientated and driven in our lives. So, And, and I learned that from him. I, I didn't he he taught me those things you know I, I, I know this couple really good couple by the way and um that they he thinks he his goal for the next five years is to grow his business into this absolute monster mm. her goal is to be pregnant in two years but that's not on his goals list and I, I, I and I've heard this from both sides and I'm like man you need you two need to have a sit down and talk about this like, yeah about like where you want to go um I mean yeah we've do you know the funny thing is we've been together for 12 years and everyone always gives us a hard time because they're like, why aren't you married? Why aren't you engaged? Why Don't need he, to be. Why hasn't he put a ring on it? And we, we were talking about this the other day. People were like, oh, lock that down. And I was like, if you need to feel like you need to lock someone down. You are locked down. You've been then, together 12 years. Yeah, then you, you probably right. shouldn't get married. Full on. Full <laughs> but, on. but we made a promise to each other. We, we have a solid relationship. We've gotten through, oh my God, just the loss of my dad, the loss of his dad. Um, the loss of also my family on top of that, the uh, creating a career, living in two different countries over a span of two years. Like, we yeah. have been through things that most couples don't even ever go through. So yeah. we, I know we are 100% solid. All we need is just that trust and communication and we are sweet. Like, But at the same time, people are like, why haven't you got married? It, so it, funny, we were looking. That's their problem, not yours. But, but the thing is people don't, they don't understand because they haven't been through or been um, – they haven't been through what we have been through personally. Um, and for us to get married – like my dad died five years ago. His dad died three years ago. Um, and then I lost someone who was very, very close to me who got diagnosed to terminal lung cancer within a month of his dad um, about a year and a half ago. She was the most amazing person. She was like my – she's been my mum for the yeah, last yeah, 10 years. Yeah, yeah, Let's put sure, it that way. Sure. Um, so we've, we've had a rough five years and being married and having a big party about our relationship hasn't exactly been on the top of the priorities list. If you know what I mean? Like, it's not something like before that it was, yeah. it was like, let's get engaged. And we Do you were want the white wedding though? Yeah. I'd like, I'd yeah. love, I'd love, yeah. Uh, can I just ask you I'd one love, thing? I'd love the white do wedding. Do I get an invite to the white wedding? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you, you damn right. I do. Who's going to, who's going to drink, who's going to drink at the bar? <laughs> but I, don't, I don't drink. I don't. Why oh, don't you? No, nah, I'm, 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 I don't oh, wow. drink, so I'm going to do drugs, nothing. Oh, wow. But I can, I'm still going to be the life and soul of that party. Don't yeah, you worry yeah, about that. Absolutely. I've got you covered. I've yeah, got yeah. you covered. But I want to be on that guest list. Yeah. I should it's be. I'd be, be, I'd be disappointed if it's going to be, it's, there's probably going to be about 20 people there. Yeah. I should be. I sh- yeah, hundred percent. So number one, Frankie Lee, let's Middle go. Host. 
I, can, I, can, I, can I can I be the guy that does like the, the ceremony? Can yeah. I just be that guy? Yeah, yeah. Like, you can be the party starter. Yeah, I could be like the unofficial vicar. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What's that? What's that? What's that rapper? Re- Reverend. Yeah. Reverend. I'll be like, yeah, I'll be like Reverend. Something uh, like it's not going to be in a church or anything. It's we just see it as a really big, like a really big. Um, it's a party, isn't it? Party for party. Like, just a celebration of our relationship. C- celebrate and twelve years. You just celebrating twelve years being together. Yeah. Don't and don't get me wrong. Like we've definitely had our really rough times as a couple. Like times where we've even contemplated if like we could get through certain things. But at the same time, like we've worked through stuff and just ma- like maintain that open communication and yeah, yeah, yeah. and just you know trying to be understanding of that person's situation and all of those kinds of things and um but that's really like what's gotten us through and kept us like really really strong and united and um and been able to work together too like that's huge a couple yeah, who can yeah, work yeah, together yeah, and yeah. be together at and home. live together at home as well like, uh, he's just, pretty uh, chilled we're though, also he? at each other's throats sometimes <laughs> yeah I, but um I, I i'd say that you'd probably wear the trousers would you oh i don't know yeah, i think it's you, a bit of both yeah i don't know like, like he's very easygoing i think you push him to a certain point it's it, it, it put you in your place but like I think put me in my place. Yeah. What is this? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean. Like, not in, not in, not in that sense, but you know what I'm saying. Like yeah, it, I like, mean, okay, that's enough. We're both very dominant people, which is very surprising that we've gotten this like 12 years down the track because we both are very like. But you've got the red hair, so like I reckon you like, you'd be pretty savage. It's not real. I know it's not real. <laughs> I'm but, not a I'm you, not a natural it, ragger. No, 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 no. But even when you dye it red, that subconsciously tells yourself that you are that type. I'm very. I'm very. I'm passionate. I'm a very passionate person. I'm we passionate know. about like we know, we know, yeah, like <laughs> <laughs> we know. But I, but I mean, like I yeah. feel like we balance. We definitely balance each other out. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. When you listen to him and it's in his podcast that you guys will do, like we definitely balance each other out. And like he kind of calms me down and brings me down to earth. And I, I kind of like I'm like his hype girl, you know. <laughs> <laughs> You're his cover guest girl, is yeah, what you yeah, are. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're his guest girl. He goes home and he's like, I got a guest girl. <laughs> Like you, you're just causing shit and like ca- causing oh, drama, and he's, like, sometimes. and he's like, sometimes like you know just our schedules. I I would spend a normal year without coronavirus. Like I'd be traveling every like four to six weeks, um, con- like just constant travel. And sometimes he would come with me, other times he wouldn't. And like he's got his own life and his own his own business and career and everything. He's got a great business and a great a great. Uh, that's what we're going to be talking about, you know. Yeah, I'm so pr- I'm honestly I'm so proud of him, especially what he's had to go through with his family recently. He's just been such an amazing support to me, and he's he's just done so much in his life that I'm like you should always be so proud of everything that you do. And yeah, yeah. we just we really do hype each other up. We're each other's best friends, and I think if you can't be best friends in a relationship, then then I don't think it can work. I was listening. I was listening. I I, I follow a guy called Naval. You ever seen? Ever read Naval? No. Naval is like a he's. He's an Indian guy. He he talks a lot about philosophy and psychology and all that. But he started Angel List and all these other c- companies like that. He's made a lot of money, a lot of yeah. money. And one of the things he 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 writes down, he he wrote down in a tweet storm was the fact that if she isn't going to be your wife, get rid. Like because there's no you're yeah. wasting you're wasting time basically yeah. as a man. Absolutely, if you're not, and I, I kind of saw yeah. it that way as well as a. a being a female like 
why would I waste my time with someone who I'm serious about? You know. Yeah, that's that, that's what you're saying. You're saying like if you if if you're if you're with someone, um, just just chasing these temporary highs that people chase. Mm. There's literally no point to it. There's no substance to it. You're not taking yourself where you actually truly want to go and all that stuff. So you just get rid of it. Yeah, just so you can actually focus, get back on, get back on a path to focus on what mm. you want to actually do. Yeah. Because a lot of the times when you're when you're trying to do all these different things and, and trying to have all these different relationships with different people, you're actually just keeping yourself busy to 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 stop yourself thinking about actually what you want to do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, if you're not with the right person. A lot of the like the arguments and the things that you don't get along about kind of take over your life, doesn't it? Like yeah. you think about if you're with someone and you're trying to be successful in your career, how damaging it is when you guys are fighting and when you're yeah, not yeah, getting yeah. along, and yeah. like how much that actually affects you and how you are as a person and your day and everything. And like honestly, I'm just so like I think we are just very lucky we met when we did. There is definitely a, uh, an aspect of luck to. Um, I think it was already written. The beginning wasn't it? of our relationship. It's pretty much written from when you met him in that that, that I don't know. Setting. No, I yeah, really. Well, I don't well, think I it know, was. Well, yeah, but I I know it was because it is because yeah. you're there. You're here. Yeah, now. I know. But I feel like it was just like it, I mean he. He could have been taken away somewhere, like another country, or. But he wasn't. Like, I know it's so just it was, so weird, it? isn't it? It's, I just feel it's like that first little bit was just luck in 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 some kind of way, but then we turned it into something more. Because we we just you know became best friends. Yeah, and then I just fell so I fell in love with him just oh, almost straight away. It was just so I crazy. I, I think I think I think it'll probably be like oh yeah, I was just a little bit more chill. Like she was just obsessed with me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, you we know, were both just crazy about each other. Honestly, like yeah. otherwise we wouldn't have pursued it. No, I think I think I think that's a beautiful way to be though. I'd love to see because my mom and dad have been married like forty years. Yeah, and over forty years now. 41 years and um just to see that their unconditional love for each other mm. is 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 not now i now i i'll only accept that for myself yeah like i won't accept all this bullshit and all this but you're also really lucky that you have that as a stand like you've had that oh. growing up you know a lot of people don't have don't have what so they lucky. have the, the standards of their relationships are based on what they've seen yeah, growing yeah, up yeah, from yeah. their own parents and and most people don't have you think about how many people have families that have things wrong with them these yeah, days yeah, like yeah, everyone yeah, is yeah, yeah, there's yeah. no like perfect family these days there's yeah. always something oh, so, yeah. something's and wrong or people don't get along or whatever it is like it's just a just, be- it's just a beautiful things that I've seen like with like, you know like they wake up together and he looks after her and she cooks for him breakfast and then he goes to work and then he comes back from work and she's she does the food and he's asking if she's okay and if she needs anything yeah. does she need any money for this and that and the other she's looking do you know what I mean like yeah. it's just like they both just caring about that other person hey yeah and they're from a different era so it's like it's obviously a bit, obviously a little bit different but yeah. like they they they're they're from the era that obviously my mom went out and had a part time job and all that razzmatazz yeah and she did but like he was like the hunter gatherer type alpha male type yeah and, he, and she used to like come home cook the food look after the kids like do you know what I mean like yeah. that but that's but that, it's that, that so crazy though because like the standard that was set for us as like growing up as kids is so different to now like there's no way that people have those lifestyles now yeah, 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 yeah. and I, I almost feel like we shoot ourselves in the foot trying to grab that because it's not realistic for this day and age if that makes sense I think every, everyone like there's nothing wrong like my, you know how everyone's like I hear a lot of women say like 
oh, I want to I be an independent woman, right? Yeah. My dad, not once in in that lifestyle did 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 I ever not think that my mum was not an independent woman? Yeah. And my mum, that my mum was not an independent, like she she never thought herself she was an independent woman. Do you know yeah. She was. Yeah. But like, it was just a different, they just, they just knew that, well, she's better at that and he's better at that. So rather than trying to do, do things that we're not good at, why don't, why don't I just do this that I'm better at? You just do that that you're better at yeah. and we'll work together. <laughs> I think and, understanding those roles too, the things that you, uh, like your strong points in relationships. Yeah, yeah, yeah knowing those things are so beneficial to the relationship doing well as as well but, you know but they've made it into like that's class as mis- misogynistic now but yeah. like it's not but it's, i mean just, just like, like, like not not saying like i should cook and clean and no, all no, like no, no, no. he, he never I, expected that yeah like he never came home and said where's my dinner on the table yeah like he would never say that yeah but but she just did that because she had unconditional love for him. Yeah, and, she and there's just nothing to do and it. there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. That's not that's. Not, but they but too many people put make it out like it's misogynistic. Misogynistic. Yeah, that's that. Word. I think now today, like if someone's like, "Where's my dinner?" Like, why isn't the no? But he never is, said that. No, but like to, yeah. I mean yeah, yeah, today yeah, yeah, is yeah, yeah, that yeah, that's why yeah, it's yeah. so different and class yeah, is yeah, like yeah. misogynistic. It's like if you're in a relationship and you know what, if you want to be a stay at home mum, like. There's, nothing, be, wrong with there's that. nothing wrong with that. There's no one way for a relationship to be these days. And I think if yeah, people took yeah. those, like, like the societal stresses off of themselves and what they think they need to be, I think we'd all be living very different, happier lives. Yeah, for sure. Like, I, I never try and think, oh, you know, shit. I should have been married to Ross Ryan by now. I should have like two kids. We should be in our own place. That's our forever home. Like I never think about stuff like that. I, yeah, yeah, I just yeah. think, what do I want? What do I want from my life? What do I want from my relationship? Um, you know, I I never think. Oh, like when I see people, like, oh, they're in front of me. Like, you know, I should I should be pregnant. Like all the people who are having babies now, Corona babies. Yeah, <laughs> like every, it's great. I mean, yeah, it's amazing. Sure. Like, if people you're get stuck their in downtime, the house, people get their downtime to yeah, have babies yeah, yeah, right yeah. now. That's amazing. Not for me right now, honestly. And like, I don't feel any pressure or stress to like, why should you though either? Exactly. Like, yeah. Like, but you, I think you, a lot of people do, especially women. Like we th- get really, um, I think you think you're on this like word? biological clock, but there's women in their forties that have kids. Yeah. And I would like to have kids young just because like, I know that, I like I would enjoy having kids young but um I do have like my own kind of like timeline that I want for myself does is Ross aware of the timeline yeah yeah it's all right yeah (laughs) I mean kids are a funny subject yeah yeah yeah. like uh, it's always because we have had a rough time with family and stuff and it's kind of like oh do we really want to bring a kid into the world it's a different that's a different topic completely because it's your family now you, yeah, you exactly. Are, you and are that's, that's why I kind of like the it's, idea. You got to draw the line that you've you've put you've put your line in the sand on where you are with those other people yeah. in your life, and yeah. that, that you've drawn that line and you've gone your your way. They've gone theirs. But that does that 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 shouldn't prejudge on where you go from here in terms of like your own family. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. I I do feel like it would be such an amazing opportunity because I know that we would be great parents. We've learned what we don't want to be like and what we do want to be like, and. He would be the most amazing dad too. Like, I just see him with Daisy, and I'm like, oh my god, you'd be the most amazing daddy. <laughs> but like, oh, yeah, I, I, I mean, can feel this broodiness already. Like, <laughs> Ross is Ross. Is we're just planting the seed. No, he, he's I honestly, hit, he's if, getting hit at pace. Do you know what? When people when people have asked me, and I'm like, I don't really know if Ross wants to go down that path. They're like, How does that make you feel though? Like, like, what, what about you? And I'm like. 
I'm. Is it is it together? Do you know decision? what? It's a together decision, and if I need to respect the fact, if he doesn't, I'm never going to force him into having a kid. You know, like I'm never going to be like, this is what I want. Like I want a kid. I would never force him into making a decision that he may someday resent or regret yeah, yeah. for whatever reason. Yeah. And then he'll resent and regret me and resent and regret the child. Like this is just human yeah, yeah, nature. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would never force him into doing something that he doesn't want to do. Yeah, and I, I respect him enough as a person, as my partner, as my best friend to say, okay, I just need to be okay with if one day, like that's, if we don't have children, I need to be okay with that. Because I want to be with him, and I yeah, want to be yeah, with him forever, yeah. and he's the only person you, who matters. You, des- so. you decided early on that it was it, that that he was your person. Yeah. So once you decide someone's your person, mm. it becomes a together decision, not your decision. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I can want and, and need certain things, but like at the end of the day, like I just want if it's just us in 20, 30, 40 years, like, and we're happy. Is that so like, bad? That's, Have you yeah, had such exactly, a bad life? Exactly. And I'm just like, I'm so okay. Like, I'm so okay with that. And if he wants kids, I'm so okay with that too. Like I really, no pressure. There's no, <laughs> yeah. I just, I never want him to feel pressured yeah, yeah, into yeah. something like, don't worry. I'll have a word of it. <laughs> But I mean, yeah, it's. I'll just bowl such in the a- gym tomorrow. I'll pull him over to one side and be like, "Mate, all I'm going to say to you is, kids. How do you yeah, feel about it? Kids. Oh my god, he's just going to be like, God, do you want the honest yeah, opinion? Yeah, no, he's he's just doing his. He's on his own journey with his own business, and he's doing great shit. And um, he's just trying to be the best version of himself as well. And yeah, uh, and, absolutely. And when it's right, and when it's um, and when the stars align, so to speak, I believe in that stuff. Yeah, like you. It will happen when it happens. Absolutely, and you've got you've got and we'll so be so much. we'll be so ready for it and okay with it. And you've got so much. I, I just see you doing so much in the next few years. Like in terms we've of got like a what, lot, we've got a lot planned in the next. Yeah, few years. yeah. I, I've I've got I've got big aspirations for you myself. Like in terms yeah. of like even I know you have yourself, but like I think you're going to do some wicked stuff. Like knowing what's in the pipeline and stuff. Like that. Yeah, I mean it's it's just been. It's it's been great to just be grounded here and to just reevaluate things because obviously the world has changed so much and we need to roll with that and just accept that that's the way that it's probably going to be for the next like ten years. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like just the stuff that we've previously done. It's just all about creating our own opportunities and not waiting around for things. And you've done that your whole life. Yeah. You've done, yeah. Ever since ever since you started on this modeling career. Everything that you've said on this podcast has all been about you creating your own opportunities. Yeah. Whether it be getting in a film, whether mm. it be getting being the cover of guests, whether it be creating your own fitness programs, whether it be anything else that you're doing. Yeah. You know, you've you've always created it. So mm. why not stick to the model that works? So I yeah. can't see you two doing anything less than creating this other stuff yourself. Yeah. And we just we like to have fun too. I mean, we just we love doing what we do, so it just makes it not feel like work. Yeah, 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 you know, like I, I love that, and I want to just keep keep going with that. I don't know in terms of the modeling side of things, like you know, when in ten years or whatever, who knows? Like, <laughs> hopefully, fingers well, crossed, I'm like an Elmick person. <laughs> yeah, well, I think, I think you're aging aging well. Like you do, you're doing all good. You're well, doing thank good. you very much. I appreciate. So you got to you got to work with what you got. I mean, I'm not aging as well as you, so but you know. <laughs> I had an uphill. But you don't need to rely on that. <laughs> Hold on, I'm relying on this for a lot, you know. I'm relying on this for a lot. Yeah, you go easy. Don't right. uh, worry, you got you, good brows, you can pull it off. Yeah. Like, <laughs> big shout out Christina at Eyebrow Boutique. I, I love that girl. She's, she's, saved, she's saved me for years, that girl. You know what's so funny? I don't, even, I don't even get my eyebrows done by, every, by anyone. Really? Yeah, I do them myself. 
you got good brows. Thank you. Yeah. Well yeah. done. It's got the dad jeans going yeah. on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like really, I was like super hairy when I was like 10 years super old. Super hairy. Not even kidding. I, it was I, like. I love it. The, I was super hairy. I was super, it was like I. Do you want this clip cut out for, the, for your Instagram? I, I was yeah, super hairy. I was super hairy. I was getting my eyebrows waxed when I was like 11 years old. I'm not even yeah. joking. It was like. I think I started. It was great. It's great now, but back then. 16, like, 16 or 17 I started. Hmm. Because I just think I don't, I just because what's your background? So my mum is so, so my mum's family, my mum's maiden name is Prevel. Yeah, which is which is about Prevost with a T. Yeah, but it's a French surname. Mm-hmm. And they were silk traders for the fashion industry between the south of France and San Remo in Italy. Okay, so like they're very like French Italian backgrounds type thing. Yeah, that's where I kind of get a little bit of colorant from. Yeah, so that's going on. But obviously, I was third generation of that after they moved to the UK. So I get that from her. My dad was born in Edinburgh, mm-hmm. um, and then down the same street as Sean Connery. Oh, and yeah, uh, yeah. He, he, they were a few years apart at school and that. And then, um, and then, yeah, then he moved to Yorkshire. Yeah, and he had quite a hard life growing up on a council estate in Yorkshire, yeah. and then he, and then he moved to Peterborough to to set up a, set up a business and to make a better life for himself because he didn't feel like he had a lot. And that's when he met my mum and and uh, my dad was a bit of a boy, you know. My dad was an absolute like he like he, he was a bit of a what a bit of a boy like he a was a bit of a boy yeah like, like in ter- it's, 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 a bit it, of a boy he was just like a proper like. A he, he's a suave a he's man. a suave suave guy yeah he's a suave guy he. This, he, he charismatic can, yeah he, he yeah he can he can talk that was like, like my dad yeah, my dad was like silky. so charismatic like women women just look at him yeah. even, even now he's like he does well i'm like yeah, yeah good lads <laughs> like good lad. my mom's like that was like my he's dad like, he's like he's like i'm not, I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> he's like i'm not chatting her up she's just like yeah, yeah. but they're just like he, like yeah especially like he, he he just does he just does he got a good game good chat yeah i love yeah, that good chit chat yeah i've been out for i've been out for meals with like family and that yeah and the waitress will come over and she'll be like 27 28 year old waitress and hot, they love them hot as anything she just like he he's he a safe thing and i'm i just observe yeah because i'm like this guy's got some talent yeah. i want to see what this guy does. and the way that he positions things and does things and the, and how gentlemanly he is yeah it just works yeah, it just works, and 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 you, you got to learn that stuff. Yeah, and uh, it's good. Yeah, no, but that's that's the yeah, background. I, I think I got some of my charisma from my dad growing up, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was very much like that. You, you 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 do get a lot from your parents at the end of the day. Like, yeah. you can't you can't um, you can't help but get s- stuff like that. That's why we said earlier on in this podcast, like if you if you don't feel your your parents bring the best like moral compass or whatever or, or the best values then you have to make the decision to kind of like step away from that and, and to carve your own path yeah which totally. is which is which is with 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 some of your journey it's some something that you've done mm. but um let's um what's like just if there's one thing that you could give to the to the world right now in a few sentences that you really want to get out into the world mm. before we leave today what would it be um, I think be the most authentic version of yourself and never settle for anything less than you feel like you deserve. I love that. I love that. And and I also want to say, like, can you please drop your Instagrams, your socials, your dog's social? Because oh, your dog, Daisy. I'm telling you now, Daisy. The only, the only one people care about is Daisy's, let's face it. Yeah, they're going to But drop. Hers, hers is Pom Pom Daisy. 
on Instagram. And then mine's just Ellie underscore Gonzalez on Instagram. Yeah, it is. And then yeah, we got Facebook and we just searched and, and, and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, you've got to search your name. You'll find it. And when does this movie drop? Like in, yeah, like the movie in Australia. I know it's out. It's out in the UK, isn't it? No, it's out. It's completely. We had the. Um, but you said it wasn't available in Australia earlier. Not Netflix. Oh, not Netflix. Yeah, it doesn't air on Netflix. Yeah, 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 yeah. But um, it premiered last year, um, in Feb. Yeah, we'll go out, yeah. go out and watch that. But we're going to put all the links and all the show notes. But and and your website for your fitness stuff, so that so that the men and women and all that can get your fitness stuff. It's just on elliegonzalves dot com. Damn right it is. So there you have, guys. Look, and I just want to say one thing: if you think like if you got any value out of this, and you've loved what we talk, me and Elliot talked about and all that stuff, you could just drop uh, the podcast a review on Apple and and like and share and, and give just, it some five stars. Yeah, give it some five stars, and you know, just show some love. And and I'd really, I'd personally really appreciate that. And Ellie, thank you very much for coming on the Frankie Lee podcast. My pleasure. It's been awesome. Thank you for yeah, having me. I hope. I, and uh, she's got she's got snacks here for after the show. So oh, I, no, I already ate them. some of them before. Yeah, you, you're going to be tucking into them. Yeah, Pringles. Yeah, damn right you are. <laughs> Once you pop, we can't stop. Yeah. Anyway, guys, <laughs> thank you very much. Thanks, and guys. peace out. Don't forget to subscribe to the Frankie Lee podcast.